Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and salutations to all the listeners of WrestleCast Radio. This is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Not only am I Ryan's favorite wrestler, but I'm also the co-host's favorite wrestler. And Ryan's not a good enough friend to name his co-host in this request for this particular video. So Ryan, you and your co-host have issues to talk about. But if you're listening to WrestleCast Radio, you're probably listening to me blather on. And I wanted to say, I hope you guys have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Um, 2020 is going to be a great year for AEW. I'm sure it'll be also great for WrestleCast Radio. And no matter what you do, remember that I will SC you later.
WrestleCast Radio. Gentlemen, number 152 WrestleCast Radio. Alex Mello with me. What is up, my fine friend? We're back at it, but on the wrestling side, because last week it was the sports side. Man, you are sleepy AF. Uh, do you think Kenzo Miyahara can have 152 <laughs> title defenses the way his uh, running through all Japan's roster, uh, depending on, of course, the uh, newest uh, member of the Champions Carnival, as we announced last show. Um, might make it make an impact, but let's be real. I mean, can Kento make it to 152 t- title defenses? Well, next week, I think on the first, he's got a uh, number 11 break to try to break Kawada's record in Shuwa, as the announcer always says. That's gonna be intense. Like yeah, that's gonna be like Ichi versus everyone. You know, in the last three years where you're just going to be like, oh, I don't know if he's going to have a chance. And it's going to be falsy, falsy, Suwama chop, Suwama bomb. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't know how Miyahara is going to get him uh, into the straight jacket, but it's going to be uh, damn fun. Do you think he's going to lift up for uh, over or under six seconds until he drops Suwama on his neck? Oh, man. I th- I'm going to go under, and but I think it's going to feel like six seconds. But I think it's going to be like three or four. <laughs> yeah, for but him it's for sure. feel like an eternity. You know, and that's the one thing we always say is it's like, oh, he's facing Suwama or Shuji Shikawa, or they're on a show, and it's like, ah, it'll be cool. And then when you watch it, you're like, well, that was a freaking banger. Like, they just like, all right, hold on, guys. And they just kind of get out of their <laughs> old chairs. And then they just get in the ring, and they're just like, ah. Just like monsters <laughs> out there, and you know that's what what Zuaba's gonna do. I cannot wait for this match. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be a, a damn damn good one. You said that's happening uh, on the first day. Eh? Yeah, I believe March first is the next show Ooh. that also is going to have the Susumu Yokosuka and Izanagi uh, junior title match as well. With that, wow. you know what I'm also good with. Uh, a couple days later, over on New Japan World, of course, New Japan. What is it? The 48th anniversary, of course. Uh, double champ, uh, two belts. Suya Naito. Yeah, I just coined that. What? Um, taking on, of course, his <laughs> his former protege and Los Ingobernables uh, de Japón member um, Hiromu Takahashi. Which, let's be real, let's go. That match. Uh, I'm sorry, that's already penciled in as as my match of the year. But yeah, March third, uh, four a.m. I, I might call in sick. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm pulling up the All Japan TV here. Uh, looks like there's a show from Shinkiba First Ring that starts um, four a.m. this morning. I'm not sure what's on it. Yeah, so this is, so tonight's the last night of the Excite uh, series, and then it's, then we move forward to the. Um, to the next lineup of shows, but yeah, um, I think it is the first, but that is going to be tremendous. I cannot. Ooh, the all excite. So is it all like nine man tags? So there's like three matches because all Japan's roster is thinner than thin. 
<laughs> it looks like the main event tonight is Yoshitatsu, Kento Miyahara, and Akira Francesca, Francisco against uh, Suwama, Shuji Ishikawa, and Hikaru Sato, or Yusuke Okada. That was the Ooh. other thing. It was, I, I'm trying to figure out that. I think it was from the 20, the 23rd. Um, but we, we didn't watch the show. We didn't talk about it. And, um, I'm, I'm trying to find it. I think it was the one from the 23rd a couple of days ago. I haven't watched it, but I've heard. Um, but it was Yusuke Okada, uh, the young lion there, who's in uh, um, Evolution, took on Susumu Yokosuka for the Junior Tenor. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, and then the main event was Ketsubihara, Shuji Shikawa, and Ryoji Sai versus Suwama, Yuma Aoyagi, and Shigehiro Irie. Man, that's Ryoji Sai's a- outfit was probably tight AF. <laughs> And then after the feathers, the, uh, the Yokosuka defeat, defeating Yusuke Okada, Izanagi makes a, a run in and takes out Susumu Yokosuka to a not a pop at all. <laughs> I'm like, damn, they don't <laughs> not care about Masuyama uh, and his purple haze gimmick. <laughs> but it, let's see, he'll take it over, I would hope. I mean, purple haze so far, what, what a month in, a little less, less than a month. Uh, I mean, I'd say pretty strong. They booked them really well in the uh, site series, as we'll talk about here um, in a moment. But, um, I mean, when you got Zeus, you know, running around, just, just Eklund fools better than, than Roman Reigns will in a steel cage in uh, Saudi Arabia in a few, uh, in, a, in a day, if you will. I mean, it's... I mean, if it was a little taller, it'd be like if, if Big Daddy Cool, you know, brought back the wolf pack. You know, kind of, if you will, j- just mm-hmm. for all Japan, right? Yeah, I, guess, I, I see where you're going with that. That's that's kind of bad, yeah, that's Yeah, it, it's one of those, and, and I give them credit because they're trying something new and they're trying to get over, so I'm not mad at them for it because they need mm-hmm. to try something. I mean, in, in this, I'd rather they try something and fail than just sit there and not try things. Oh, so agree. I'm not mad agreed, about yeah. it. But, I mean, they were good for what it was. Why don't we go, why don't we go right into um, – Excite the Excite series uh, from the 11th because they had two prominent matches on there. Damn, that was um, two weeks ago. Yeah, we're supposed to be last week, guys, but life happened. Yeah, I think things things come and go, and we did well, and we did sportscast sportscast five year anniversary strong style media. What well, strong style media is like two years, but you know the inception of everything happened five years ago in a very tiny mm-hmm. room of like nine sweaty dudes being <laughs> hot and half wasted. I, I would uh, consider WrestleCast older than uh, Strong Style, which is the the main part about it. You know, so it was like kind of tied together. We had to do it. But what did you guys call it beforehand? Where you guys didn't even do a wrestling show with me? We had like nine people, and I was like, man, this sucks because it wasn't that good. <laughs> I don't know what we did for a wrestling show. It was like you, Dentris, Kyle, some other guy, and the other guy, someone else. Oh, um. Figure four was, counts or some shit it was like that. TJ. It was it oh was TJ, TJ was on it. Yeah, it was me. It was me, Demetrius, Kyle, and TJ. It was uh, That's a um, lot of cadences with that with that guy, uh, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, what the hell was it? Squared circle radio. <laughs> what I, or I something? Mean, I can't remember what it was called. Radio. Something like that. Maybe? Radio. Yeah, cause that, because that was the one thing I will say that that I did really like about that is we, um, four years ago for March Madness, we did the wrestling March Madness themes. And we did a 64 
song bracket where we had like the Jimmy Hart bracket. We had the LFOs <laughs> bracket. We had the WCW bracket. The CBS or whatever that BS was. WWE yeah, the or CFOs. Yeah. yeah, the CFOs. And then we had the John, uh, yeah, the John Johnson bracket. What? Well, this, who was the guy, John, Joe Johnson, John Johnson? Oh, yeah, I John thought you Johnson. said Don Johnson. I was like, oh, no. knives out in this piece. <laughs> and then we, so we, we did like WCW, John Johnson, Jimmy Hart, and CFOs. And then Interesting. we, uh, God, Jimmy we Hart's the, loaded just from his publishing, isn't he? Yeah, well, he had a lot of really cool ones, too. It ended up going down to the Four Horsemen, I think it was, beat Ric Flair. Or Ric Flair beat the Horsemen, one of the two. But those are the last two. Because we were like, we just kept talking about how amazing the Four Horsemen theme is. And then every oh, time we're like, well, Ric Flair's probably going to get beat here at some point. And then every time we get down to the songs, we're like, I don't know how you beat this. Because like, just the magnitude <laughs> of the song and who it was and thinking about it and he just kept winning and just kept winning and I don't know maybe it's something we I mean, bring shout back out to Anderson for you know utilizing the same theme forever because it's yeah. dope uh, speaking of Ric Flair happy 71st birthday Ryan of course uh, you're one of the greatest cosplays of all time going as a nature boy himself or I should say the technical legend uh, Ric Flair Ryan Cook whatever Ooh. you want to say the mixed mash mashup uh, 71st birthday of course cutting promos worldwide uh i don't know surviving death for the last you know four years multiple multiple times it's like reverse <laughs> figure four on them take that creeper uh but quickly speaking of uh the four horsemen top four rick flair matches in the technical legends book oh um i you know i was trying to think about this and it's like this is such a hard thing I mean, you could you easily can put the Shy Town Heat or the Wrestle War or the third match with him and Steamboat. You know, pick your poison. Doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'm, the trilogy, right? Yeah, I mean, you could almost just just say the trilogy with that. I think the 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 New York Knockout I Quit match with Terry Funk is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was debating about this because it's like. It wasn't the best worked match, or it wasn't like the most amazing match. But his retirement match was so like, oh yeah, just memorable because it was Michaels. It was, it, it, I'm you sorry, know how hard I'm, Michaels. Yeah, it made you know, people so cry. The, I mean, it was the oh, greatest was, thing ever. It, and they're, they're so good that there was a small moment where I went, oh my god, he's gonna win. Mm. Like there was just this really small moment where I'm like, he's gonna beat him. Um, the the Rumble where he won the title, the '92 Rumble, mm-hmm. is always one that I think has to be up there just because that was where WWE WWF fans who didn't know him, he came in at number three, and everyone went, wow. This guy's interacting with every wrestler. He's taking bumps from every wrestler. He's not just sitting around. He's work like that's where everybody really who didn't know him got to see him. Is he the best bump taker, the best seller in the history of pro wrestling, or has anyone matched him? Do you think he's got to be the I, best, right? Just from know, the Ricky, turnbuckle, hell, he takes a bump from a jet. 
Beckett for, better than anyone, for God's sakes. R- Ricky Morton's pretty damn good at uh, taking bumps and selling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Boom. <laughs> like, hey, um, there was there was a match that nobody's probably going to have on their lists, and I think it was the Clash of the Champions. And I, I don't I don't know if I'm saying this more just because of how much I liked it, but mm-hmm. he had a, a title match against Bobby Eaton that was oh. so freaking good. I think it was a Clash of Champions, like Clash of the Champions, like thirteen or so. I should I should try to look it up, but it was so good and. It's it's why people, a lot of people that watch a lot of NWA and you know stuff like that, always talk about how how Bobby Eaton is one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Um, I agree with that. L- listening to a lot of the assortments, or I should say the the Conrad uh, Thompsons, if you will, the the uh, all his podcasts and just hearing you know your Bischoffs, your Shivani, your Jim Rosses, your Arn Andersons put Bobby Eaton over. I remember watching WCW Saturday, you know whether it was. Uh, morning or night, um, and you know, just all and Bobby Eaton being a regular on those, you know, and just re, you know, remember the hair, remember the styles, and and looking back now and being able to go on the network to check out some stuff. It, uh, yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. Just so appreciative of what he has done, and of course, he's going through some health issues at the moment. I know there's been a few different, you know, events and, and uh, you know, fundraisers in his honor. So I mean, definitely the wrestling community in the world going, getting behind Bobby Eaton. Yeah, it was, so I, I was pretty close. No, I, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I can't remember the number I said, but it was Clash of Champions 15. So I was right around the ballpark with what it was. Uh, June 12th, mm-hmm. 1991. It's on the network. Uh, Ric Flair, Bobby Eaton, two out of three falls for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Oh. But it's, it's one of those like hidden gems, like kind of like when I got put on the, the, the best, Leg selling match of all time, according to Joe Lanza, the um, Chris Masters Drew McIntyre from WWE main event, and and like yeah. I'm like I'm like this has got to be just a joke when they talk about this match, and I'm watching it, I'm going, oh my god, if Chris Masters could sell this way all the time, he'd be the one of the greatest workers ever. Like it's like <laughs> it's like a masterful leg sell job. Like I was like, it depended I, on who he was in there with, though. I mean, I, I thought he, he had some pretty decent matches, you know, comparable mm-hmm. to what his gimmick was, you know, him standing in front of a spotlight for like eight minutes to, you know, of course, that's a like challenge. I, I thought he rolled with the punches. It was just, they did put him in those wrestling matches more. It was just more the gimmick, the, you know, the promo, if you will, uh, you know, or again, that, that master lock challenge, but if you could put him and emphasize his wrestling a little more, who, who knows what his career could have turned out to be. Mm. And I mean, you know, there's there's your obvious, your, um, you know, your 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 Ric Flair stuff with Dusty in the the 80s that I really didn't see a ton because I didn't have as much access then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I I remember my first like giant Ric Flair interaction was, oh when uh, when was the date of it? Let me get the exact date. Uh, it was two days after my birthday, 1988. Uh, Ric Flair and Sting, 45-minute draw, Clash of Champions won when they went uh, up against WrestleMania or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, WrestleMania 4, I think it was. Um, but that was, you know, that match is incredible. 
I mean, he had some great stuff with, with Barry Windham. God, there's one that looks intriguing. Clash of Champions 4, Ric Flair and Barry Windham versus the Midnight Express was the main event. She's one um, that I really want to get into a lot more. Because, again, just listening to these podcasts, you know, over the, the, the last couple of years, just respect um, of, you know, for Barry Windham and just people are saying he was just the mo- one of the one of, if not the most fluid wrestler to ever go into the squared circle. And I'm just like, wait, what did I miss here? <laughs> no. And, and that's, you know, something I know uh, Jordan is for a host of the new and improved sports radio uh, 2.0, um, you know, <laughs> brought up, you know, a few months ago where he was saying, you know, we should take a wrestler do like a five, you know, five to match retrospective and do, you know, special shows on that. And, you know, instead of doing, you know, kind of normal, you know, wrestlers, if you will, your Austin's, your Rocks, or what have you, I think, you know, your Bobby Eaton's or, you know, your Barry Windham's, what, what have you, you know, kind of the, you know, lesser known, you know, kind of kind of wrestlers to, to certain yeah. audiences, you know, that were in mainstream, I think could be something interesting for, for not only the uh, the two listeners that we have here at WrestleCast Radio, but also uh, you know, for, for us, you know, me, you know, just kind of getting back into that. Of course, you're talking about, you know, random matches in 2003 at Karuka Hall uh, earlier in our time. I'm like, just at the gym thinking, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> you know, just <laughs> Bashi and Masao. I'm like, how did you know the date, the, the oh, attendance record, you know, this and that. No, but, baby, you know, I'm you're, telling you're so I get it. Noah is something I like. Like if if you come up WrestleMania weekend and we have like the Thursday through Monday like we've had, and there's like yep. a downtime where like I don't care about watching uh, Shellac Sex House and Emporium Show or whatever the hell they have going on. <laughs> I want to show you like like the Noah too. Destiny 2005 show and how incredible it was. Um, here's how did you watch the, that? Is it legitimately VHS trading? Yeah, just just tapes. How did um, that work? Because, like, Dave, you know, a uh, contributor in front of the show, uh, uh, and, and soon to be married, Mr. David Ritter, uh, you know, him and his older brother, you know, his brother's family, really, his dad, you know, as well, you know, would always talk about tape trading, you know, this, that, you know, and, and, and what have you. But I just never understood, like, how did you even meet other tape traders just through different comic book shops or, like, fleet? Markets or explain. So, like couple couple ways for like exchanging tapes. When I was younger, like, mm, God, let me let me. I'm trying to think of when there was still that GameStop that's next to. Um, it was where Circuit City used to be, um, oh. over by Maplewood Mall. There was a GameStop there, and um, kind of where there's. I think it's like an LA Fitness now or something, but there was a, the, the manager there was in the tape trading and stuff. And I had like a bunch of old stuff and he'd give me store credit. Like he'd scan an extra copy of a game to give me store credit to like dub my tape and he'd give me tapes to dub. And and then one of my old, the guy who hired me at games or electronics boutique in 2002, I think 2001, mm-hmm. he was big into it. So like, um, he had a lot of videos that he would, he'd give me that what he dub, uh, like the best of dangerous K Toshiaki Kawada. It was like a six hour Kawada tape and the Masawa versus Kawada wars and, you know, old Noah shows and things like that. And then RF video 
before Rob mm-hmm. Feinstein got arrested and all that stuff. They they had an actual kiosk in the Mall of America when Mall of America first opened, and it, they just sold nothing VHS tapes straight at the kiosk. So that was a That's way. That's cool. Um, Highspots.com used to sell a lot of these shows. That's where I got all my old Hustle shows, uh, like Hustle Mania 3, which had Toshiaki So like Kawada. you're what, 15, 16, or you're like 9, 11? <laughs> um, probably... Probably the younger when I when I was getting all of my Liger stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then I was probably because the internet was barely there. Yeah, I was eighteen or nineteen when I started oh. getting into like Noah and Kawada, so like two thousand one. Okay, okay. Um, and all like the old all Japan stuff, the you know getting a bunch of Kabashi stuff, and and then two thousand four. When I got my uh, when I was in my apartment, High Spot started up, and that's okay. where we would order all that stuff. It was it was it was it was it was Kawada versus Cactus Jack in two thousand like two thousand four, and you know they're having their match, and Cactus Jack pulls up the barbed wire bat, and Kawada just looks at him like, "Who the hell are you?" and just kicks the <laughs> shit out of Foley. <laughs> And Foley like drops it. He's like, ah, ah, and he grabs him and starts doing the quad kicks to his head, and then he just like drives his knee into his head and pins him. And I'm like, well, Quad didn't know he was gonna do that. <laughs> and that's how he lost his first tooth. <laughs> yeah, and then Foley, I think, was like, I'm gonna go back to WWE after that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go do the, the go reform rock. I'm gonna go job trips and put him over. <laughs> <laughs> one good one too that uh, some people have seen, but this is from when I was six years old, and I actually still I think have the actual VHS pay per view recording where it's you know like the blank tape, and I had those little orange circles you'd put on it to write the like the yeah. letters. Um, but it was Halloween Havoc '89 in the Thunderdome cage. Wow! Great, great Muda and Terry Funk against Ric Flair and Sting. Wow. And and the crazy thing was this Thunderdome cage that it was in essentially was an op- open ceiling hell in a cell before the hell in the cell. Okay. You could walk around the outside of it and fight. And it was like thinner bars, bigger openings, and then the top was a little like curved in so you couldn't really come out. But it was essentially hell in a cell before hell in a cell. And they had like... Like, if you tried to escape, they had it where, like, it sparked at the top of the cage and stuff like that was, like, part of the gimmick to keep you in. And Muda's climbing out, climbing around, just being goofy, creepy Muda. And he touches something, <laughs> and the spark goes off, and he starts selling it. Well, the spark, like, ignites this piece of cloth at the top of the cage, and it starts, like, starting on fire. And all of a sudden, you see Muda just put it out with his mist. Like, oh! There's a fire. Oh, put it out. nice. It's like, how resourceful is this guy that he just suddenly pops the capsule and shoots mist at this thing to stop a fire in the building? That's freaking brilliant <laughs> there. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, Muta with, you know, Jim Ross, Muta with that mist. And it's like, I don't think he was going to use it there, but hey, that's cool. And you could see Flair on the outside, like, oh, God, you know, he's freaking out because there's a fire. It looks so like this is what TNA got their uh, inspiration for when, like, Hernandez and or Homicide, I always got him confused. Oh, yeah, Homicide, Mexican, you know. um, Where he was, like, took 20- 
nine minutes to, to get out of that small hole to grab that X Division X or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> uh, almost as long as Jack Swagger trying to grab that briefcase like seven oh, months God. later, I swear. Um, whoa, yeah. Terry Fung is just getting tangled on this Thunderdome. <laughs> the, uh, See this thing? I mean, it's it's like when Jordan's like, what's your beef with Mysterio? You know, him and Sting to me, it was always like the same old ish. I know you could say that pretty much for every wrestler, but for me, it was just every match was just obvious. But seeing like the 45 seconds of the highlights of this match so far, I'm like, wow, this was really good. Yeah, <laughs> you he, know, this was man, like 30 years ago, and I'm like, huh. Maybe well, that was the thing wrong. wrong. Flair knew that he could draw money with Sting. And he was so he worked. Yeah, <laughs> so he would just work so hard to get. But that was the thing, it's like, Flair never complained about putting people over. That's why he was, everyone yeah. wanted to work with him. He was so good. He could do anything. Um, you know, his, his, I remember at, at uh, Russell war, I think it was Russell war 90 sting got hurt. So they put Luger in the match. And that was when Jim Hurd was like, we want you to drop the title Luger. And he's like, I'm not dropping the title Luger. I'll drop it to Barry, but I'm not dropping it to Luger. Luger's not ready. I'm not doing that. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, no, we don't need to do it. And, 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 you know, they're putting it all Thanks, over. Thanks Jim Hurd. And Hurd's doing it, and, like, Jim Ross is fighting for it. And even Luger was like, I'm not ready for this title. And then they finally do it where it was, like, 38 minutes, and Flair gets, gets like, counted out or comes back in. I can't remember what it was. But they, they made it to the point where when Sting came out and he's on his crutch, and they were – I think Ole Anderson was about to beat the crap out of Sting. Luger goes to save his friend. Ross is freaking mm-hmm. the cow. Get in the ring. Get in the ring, kid. And then Luger doesn't get back in the ring in time. He gets counted out and loses because inexperienced. He doesn't have his head in it. He's trying to help his friend. And Flair sneaks out a win after getting his ass kicked the whole match. So, like, Flair put him, made him look so good and just did, you know, in his way. He, he had a match with Vader in 93. I think it was when he, Ric Flair, like, if he didn't win, he had to retire. And I remember hmm. Vader gave him a superplex from every corner. And that's like the third one. Flair's like, oh, God. And he punches the ring, and he's like, this sucks. And he, the finish was like the most sloppy thing ever, where like somehow like he, he shot Flair off the rope, and mm-hmm. Flair like bounced off sideways, got behind him, did like the ugliest roll up, and just laid on top of him and pins Flair or pins Vader and wins the title. And it looks like. <laughs> It like like somebody who's trying to maul a bear and there's no organization whatsoever, but they're just fighting for their life. That's what this was. It wasn't him doing an organized roll up. It was him just abruptly rolling him up and falling on top of him. And it just it was like the best looking botch, even though I don't think it was a botch whatsoever. It was so good. Huh. Like he just had so many ways of making these guys good. And you know, two from that that you I'm sure can relate to. Um, his answer with Vince at the Rumble was awesome. Which, uh, I don't know. which part of the Rumble? Uh, him and Vince, that street fight. Oh, yes, yes, I remember that. He's got the wig and he's doing the robe and they got the pipe. And mm-hmm. and I remember that. Oh, my gosh. Because that was how he was. Because then he faced Taker, right? At Mania. Yep. And it was to get to that. Yeah, he's yeah. selling for Vince. And then do you remember the bloodbath in that cage at, at Survivor Series against Triple H? Oh, yeah. 
and, and or it was the last man standing, and he's like laying there, and he's come here, mother, and he's just swearing at him, like just ridiculously, he's just bleeding all over. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you! Know, I mean, it was so over the top, but gosh, he's got I mean, so many, so many good matches. I mean, when people say he's the greatest of all time, he's the greatest of all time because he is a, I mean, when you think a professional wrestler, yeah, you can, you know, do the, 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 you know, the Thatcher's buddy Rogers, you know, of course the inspiration, I'm sure, you know, wasn't far from that, you know, I'm sure Ric Flair has even stated about that, but I mean, he is the all around package, you know, that many people have emulated um, or tried to, but I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, is he the Michael Jordan of professional wrestling when it, you know, when it's all said and done 15, 20 years down the line? I wouldn't argue it. I mean, I don't, I don't think you have a reason to argue him or it. him or Sean Michaels, or, I mean, do you think Japanese wrestling with, with, you know, kind of the role it's been on mainstream, it seems like in America over the last five years, if it continues to grow in Okada, you know, becomes more Okada-ness, if you will. Um, I mean, it, does he have a chance? You know, again, Okada, you know, has that character. Yes, the language barrier is there, but the matches are there, the charisma is there. I mean, is he, who's the Japanese equivalent, do you think, of Ric Flair? Or is it your Liger, your... Um, Fujima or, or whoever. I mean, who do you think that, or Muda, you know, in that, in that. Oh man. I mean, if you're talking greatest Japanese wrestler of all time, I mean, you got to be talking Masawa, Kobashi, um, Toshiaki Kawada. I mean, these are all like, especially, especially Masawa and Kobashi. These are two guys that you could put anybody in the ring with them and they're going to put on a, you know, just something memorable. Yeah. Um, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi, I think, could be in that huh? category at some point. I I know it's biased, but I think Okada could be in that now. Yeah. I mean, since, what, 2011? You know, dominating for, for nine years, it seems like. Not yeah, too I mean, far. You, you look, February 2012, would he beat Tanahashi for the title at the Wrestle Kingdom 6? <clears throat> This has been, you know, coined the, the Okada era for the last eight years, and every year it's their highest grossing year. I mean, that that says something about what Okada is. And if you're talking in-ring work-wise, uh, I think in the next five years, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I don't think you can argue what Kento Miyahara is doing in the ring-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Meltzer, there's a video on YouTube, if, if you can look it up, it's about six minutes. It says the difference between Kento Miyahara and the Miz, and it's from Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer. Yeah. And, he's, and he's talking about the stuff. And then he breaks down. He's like, look, you know, Okada and Omega and guys like that are like, Will Ospreay, you know, best wrestlers in the world. He's like, but the thing is, you know, they, they do this once a month. You can't go out there and do this every day. He's like, you look at Kento Miyahara, and he is the modern-day Ric Flair, where the, his match style is so simple Mm-hmm. But in a simple way where you, you leave thinking that his opponent could win the world championship yes. on every given night, but the matches work to the point that Miyahara could do that 20 times a month. And that's a great way to put it. That that's I didn't a fantastic like, point. 
because he's he, they're not doing these crazy high spots like some of these other guys. But the the matches are just incredible. Like it's it's like he can't do any wrong. It's like it's like Flair was in the eighties there and and ni- like early nineties. You know when that that fifth gear is is getting hit on in a Miyahara match. So you can kind of say the same thing of vintage Flair, where you're just like you know like you were saying earlier with Flair. He makes his opponents look better, and Kensal Miyahara for sure makes his opponents look, you know, like a million bucks. You know, he God, he even has that swagger, you know, to mm-hmm. the ring, you know, a la Ric Flair, where he's like, yeah, I'm going to win. You all are going to love me. You all are going to cheer me. I will also make you, you know, root against me if need be, you know, depending on, mm-hmm. on the opponent or how the atmosphere yeah. is. He, he, he can turn a crowd, you know, any which way. Look I mean, at, uh, the same way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, 100%. You're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, the last two years, you know, especially when he went through that weird phase you know, last year. But, you know, again, he had to try something new, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's always a bad thing. And it didn't help or it didn't hurt to just kind of cool him off a little bit. You know, he's not he's not the guy right now, so just kind of cool him off, get him out of the way. Because mm-hmm. you can heat him back up and it's not going to be hard. And that's exactly He's doing all those hard. retirement matches, man. <laughs> Retirement too, I should say. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I, the point with you made about Miyahara is look at the match with Nomura, the one that I gave my match of the year to. Mm-hmm. You know, the minute he sensed that Nomura was being backed by that Corican crowd, he just started working heel. Yeah. Oh yeah. And literally, just let okay, okay, Nomura. Literally kicking have... with his heels. Yeah, like you're you're getting, you're getting the hopes to the face. Now. Yeah, there's a match on YouTube that I don't remember ever seeing. Uh, it's from New Japan, November 14th, 1995. Great Muda and Sting versus Flair and Arn Anderson. What? <laughs> I meant <laughs> that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got to check that in New Japan world. <laughs> yes, wow. Yeah. Oh, double A. Do you have any crazy Flair matches that I didn't mention that you enjoy? I mean, the one that really sticks out to me. Uh, there was one randomly, of course, you know, uh, I had a cable, but I, I still don't know if it was like legit cable because we didn't have a box um, <laughs> growing up. But I remember like randomly, we got like Super Brawl and such. Was it Super Brawl or Starcade? It was one of those. And it was Vader and Flair. And I just remember Flair. So, you know, you turn it on, you know, I'm like 11 or 12. And I just remember Flair being bloodied so much where his hair was pink and he was just bumping like no other and I'm like it's the dude's dad from Boy Meets World beating the crap out of this old guy he had white hair you know platinum white hair and I'm like I don't know what's happening but this is amazing because he was just a WWF kid circa mm-hmm. you know 92 93 you know and a little bit here and there beforehand but you know regularly you know around you know 92 or yeah 394. And so, you know, I just remember seeing that thinking, who is this guy? Where does this, where did this guy come from? And of course, Blockbuster video, you know, that's how I was able to see the Rumble 92, you know, this and, and, and that there. But I mean, for Ric Flair matches, I mean, that that always stood out. I remember it hit Arn. I want to say it was like Clash of the Champions. Or it was one of those events. I remember when, you know, their friendship broke. And yeah. again, being a casual WCW fan, it broke my heart because, you know, again, I, I appreciated the horseman. I appreciated what, you know, Flair and especially Aaron Anderson was as, as a worker. 
you know, it was just something that captivated me. It was something different than your garbage men or your clown, you know, over on WWF or your one, two, three kids. And, you know, just like, oh, these are grown men wrestling, telling a story, and now their friendship is breaking apart. And, you know, at the stage, you're... Fall Brawl, thank you, thank you. Yeah, was that one. I don't know why I always thought it was like Clash of the Champions. Um, oh, because even when I looked it up, I didn't even see it. But, but yeah, you know, it was just like, holy crap, what is happening? And, and you know, I remember seeing the highlights, you know, on Nitro the next day because I, I didn't get pay-per-views because, again, I don't know how legal our cable was at that time. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was just it, it was just so amazing to watch. Um Shout out to Money in the Bank, uh, WrestleMania 22, taking bumps. Him and Finley, the the, the two vets, you know, just kind of taking every which way Belus, you know, off that ladder. But, you know, uh, you know, Flair, just a character, one of the best, if not the best, on the mic. And, you know, nothing beats him giving the, the elbow drop to the jacket on that Nitro, you know, where he goes ham, <laughs> hog wild, if you will. And, you know, he, he made WCW interesting, you know, even when it was, you know, kind of bad during, you know, 99 to, to 2000. Um, even the last Nitro match, you know, I, I thought was mm-hmm. amazing uh, with, with him and Sting. You know, I just remember thinking, oh, this is it. <laughs> you know, you don't know if it was going to happen again, but it made me appreciate what, what that was. Do you want to know the six-match card that was on WCW Fall Brawl 95 that you missed? Um, 95. That's tough. Uh, shoot. Is, wait, right. is Dust Wonder Kid Alex right on it? Uh, he is not. Ooh. Uh, first match is a Wrestling Observer recommended four-star match. WCW U.S. Heavyweight Title Number Contendership Match, Johnny B. Bad versus Brian Pillman. Um, then we saw Cobra versus Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman. <laughs> uh, WCW World Television Title Match, The Renegade with Jimmy Hart taking on Diamond Dallas Page with the Diamond Doll and Max Muscle. Who was the uh, champion then, in that scenario? Because uh, DDP Renegade, was not DDP yet. No, Renegade what? won it at the... The Hog Wild or whatever, Road Wild, he beat Art Anderson in like 30 seconds for the TV title. <laughs> I, I remember that. I was so I was so pissed. I was the most pissed off 12-year-old kid in a Minnesota. Like, oh, book this crap. I didn't say booked, I'm sure. But I'm like, why would they make him lose to this guy? Because I, I didn't Gee, know the terminology. Tell me why. Yeah, I, was, I remember just complaining to my grandpa. And he's like, well, that's the ultimate warrior. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's a fake. And Art <laughs> Anderson's better than him. And he's like, no, it's the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> it's not. It's fake crap. Are you stupid? <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> and then it was uh, the Stud Stable defending the world tag titles. Nice. They were Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater with Colonel Robert Parker took on Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry. God, then we had Art I remember those Rick Flair. And then in the main event, this, was, uh, this is an interesting one. Hulk Hogan, Lex Luger, Randy Savage, and Stang. Versus the Dungeon of Doom members Kamala, Meng, the Shark, and Zodiac. So it was basically I was about Hulk to say, Hogan is it fight. Dungeon of Doom? Yeah, <laughs> Hogan and his and his homeboys um, against uh, Luger, Savage, and Sting. Is that <laughs> where that they was... faced in in the uh, in, in the gimmick? Uh, God, what was in the actual no, Dungeon of Doom? The, was it that match? No, that that was the the like that was. Or wasn't that a Hogan versus everyone? It was Hogan and Savage against Luger, Anderson, Flair, Kamala, Meng, Shark, Zodiac, 
Sullivan, booty Zeus. Man. Uh, oh, no, Zeus was the ultimate solution, I think it was. And <laughs> Wow. But it was, it was like Hogan and Savage against like 10 dudes. I should try to Google that. That's a good one. Hogan and Ten Savage dudes. versus Dungeon of Doom. Um, it was uncensored. I swear it was at uncensored. Wait, did Hogan and Savage win that? Please tell me they didn't. For logic, oh, of course sense. they won. Oh my gosh! It was at an uncensored show. I know this is probably bad radio, but I gotta figure this out. Uncensored. I remember that was like the lone WCW VHS at Blockbuster for like the longest time. That and like a Hog Wild or Road Wild. I just oh, remember I uncensored ninety-five. That was uh, ninety-five, ninety-six. Okay. Hulk Hogan and the Alt and Randy Savage defeated in a Doomsday Cage defeated Ric Flair, Art Anderson, Meng, the Barbarian, Lex Luger, the Taskmaster, Z Gangsta, and the Ultimate Solution with Woman Miss Elizabeth and Jimmy Hart. Wait, Z Gangster wasn't Zeus? That was Zeus. The Ultimate. Solution, so who was the Ultimate I think, Solution? I think that was the Yeti, but they didn't want to oh, call that anymore. Oh, snaps! Snaps! The Who the hell was Lock Ness? Was that? Giant haystacks. He was a Loch Ness monster. I didn't even know he was alive still then. <laughs> thought he was dead. Um, yeah, exactly. I was like, I thought he had heart attack by then. Now, what Yeesh. I will say though, th- this match was the day before my birthday in '96. Um, it had Mr. JL versus Dean Malenko. Whoa. <laughs> um, Minnesota. and Eddie Guerrero for the U.S. title. It had Finley and Regal in their like heydays. Um, but which was was one of my favorite tag matches. This this match was like a half an hour, but it was a it was a Chicago street fight. Sting and Booker <laughs> T defeated the Road Warriors. Um, Damn. And by doing, I think I think what it was. So then I I can't remember why they did it. I think it was because Luger was in that match, and I think Stevie Ray or something got hurt, so they made those two tag together. Oh, okay. And then okay. there was some like shenanigans where Luger beat up Hawk backstage and Sting didn't see it and to, to put animosity between the two because Sting wanted to win clean. But this match went like a half an hour. Everything I remember was actually really good. But I mean, you, you had Hawk and Animal still in, you know, it was the mid-90s, so they still could kind of move. And, you know, it was Sting who was in his prime and Booker T was, was you know, young and hungry. So, I mean, it was a really good mm-hmm. match. I would really like to see the promo build up to that just with Bird Wars. I mean, they were, they were in all black, right? Hopefully. Um, I think Sting had the the brown hair, and I think he was wearing, like, blue and orange. No, no, Road Warriors. They, they were oh, yeah, rocking sure, the sure. red gimmicks. I think, it was, I think it was black and blue was the one there. Wow. Oh, man. Here's the, here's the synopsis to it. That's the tagline. Everything you wanted to see, plus the stuff you haven't thought of yet. Because the main event <laughs> was a cage match was stacked, a stacked cage with several compartments. Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were forced to fight their way down through the cage, starting on the roof. In the end, Savage pinned Ric Flair after Lex Luger punched Flair with a loaded glove. During the match, the Booty Man interfered and gave the Mega Power Mega Booty Power frying pans to use as weapons. What? <laughs> of all the weapons, you choose a frying pan. It's like him giving them jet skis. Like it doesn't make any sense. So after all that, that's how that's, that's how we got to that. My so did God. you have a big wrestling party before your birthday? Uh, Watch that pay per view like nine people. There was probably like four of us, and we were probably like, "This is dumb. Why is Hulk Hogan winning?" 
Gene. Mom. <laughs> Slambery 96. I remember that show too was one of the, was, was on there and it was, it was 16 matches. Wow. But Jeez. they were all like stupid short. So like, not to keep talking WCW is we're an hour into the show almost, but like listen to these matches. So, cause this was the lethal lottery. So it was, um, <laughs> Uh, Road Warrior Animal and Booker T fought Road Warrior Hawk and Luger to a double countout in 654, playing off of the last pay-per-view. Um, Public Enemy, Rock and Rock and Johnny Grunge defeated Chris Benoit and the Taskmaster in 444. Rick Steiner and the Booty Man defeated Sergeant Craig Pittman and Scott Steiner in 821. Mm-hmm. BK Wall Street and Jim Duggan defeated the Blue Bloods in 346. Dick Wait, Slater- why is him and Duggan teaming up? Because it's the lethal lottery. You don't know who your partner is. <laughs> Jim Duggan and BK... Oh, I already said that. Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton defeated Disco Inferno and Alex Wright in 256. Uh, DDP and the Barbarian defeated Mang and Hugh Morris in 515. Fire and Ice, Scott Norton and Ice Train, defeated Big Bubba Rogers and Stevie Ray in 332. Then Rick Flair and Randy Savage defeated Art Anderson and Eddie Guerrero in four minutes and four seconds. Wow. Why was that four minutes? Yeah. Uh, Team Lego defended the Cruiserweight Championship against Brad Armstrong in 829. Dick Slater and Earl Robert Eaton defeat VK Wall Street and Jim Duggan in 408. The Public Enemy defeat Rick Flair and Savage via forfeit. And then Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page and the Barbarian defeat Rick Steiner and the Booty Man at 505. So now the five of those go in to the Battle Bowl to determine the number one contender for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Um, and that was sandwiched between, in nine minutes and 30 seconds, another short match, Conan defeats Jushin Thunder Liger. Whoa! <laughs> Liger won black and gold Hogan. And then the Giant defeats Sting in the, for, the, in the, for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship in 1041. So there was no, that, that was sense. the longest match, 10 minutes. 41 seconds. Jeez. And if I remember then, right... I, I guarantee you half those matches still seem like they were too damn long. And if I remember right, I, I don't think DDP ever got his title shot either. Because, <laughs> like, the next well, pay-per-view, I mean, Giant defeated Luger. <laughs> Kevin Green and Steve Michael lose to Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. I mean, Kevin and Green could go. Sting defeated Lord Steven Regal by submission in 1630. That could have been tight. Ooh. That was the first I, Malenko and Mysterio. I do remember the uh, the Earl Robert uh, Eaton gimmick, him and Regal. That was some good stuff. That was some really, really awesome stuff to see on the uh, on on Saturday night when they whenever whenever they would show them and, and such on TBS at 505. It's interesting. <laughs> Conan uh, successfully defends the U.S. heavyweight title against El Gato, who is played by the same man who played Kato from the Orient Express, uh, Pat Tanaka, which I don't know why they keep putting these. <laughs> Listen to these dark matches. Then I'm going to stop this Wikipedia because this is never going to end. The dark matches in a minute 46, Rocco Rock defeats Jerry Sags. In three minutes and seven seconds, VK Wall Street defeats Jim Powers. And in 209, <laughs> Jim Duggan defeats Disco Inferno. If those are the first three wow. matches I saw at this pay-per-view, I would have left. <laughs> two minutes. You don't even you don't even pace around the ring in two minutes. No, 
And then, obviously, Eric Bischoff getting powerbombed by Nash was on that show. Ah, then, the, the thing that changed it up. I remember seeing that on yeah. Nitro thinking, holy-ish. Um, you know what? I remember also seeing saying holy-ish. Um, see, seeing uh, Junior Kratos getting mad pops yeah. uh, at the All Japan Excite Series uh, from February 11th. Um, what night was that? Like 20? Of like night 32? They're they're still continuing it. (laughs) Um, That was night one. No. Yep, night one was at Cork, and night two was at the Hamamatsu Shizuku. Night three was at Sasebo Nagasaki. At Oida was night four. Fukuoka was five, and Yamaguchi was six. But th- this was, God, a, dude, this a, was a fun little match, too. Uh, Evolution, Yusuke Okada, and Hikaru Sato tagged with Jared Kratos. They defeated uh, Rising Hayato, Hakuto Omori, and Sugutaga Saito. Um, good to see Rising Hayato out there. Now he's kind of the young lion, young boy outside the ring, so you don't see Yusuke Okada out there anymore. Uh, Okada gets the victory on Hakuto Omori with a fisherman jackhammer. Bro, like... Hayato proved uh, that rising name for sure because that that headbutt that he hit, I swear, was like three quarters of the ring. <laughs> yeah. That was insane. I mean, it was a great showcase. I would say uh, fun, solid opener for for Kratos Jr., uh, the the California based wrestler, um, and and, uh, and and rising Hayato. I thought those two were the ones that stood out because Kratos was over. He played that monster gaijin, you know that that Japanese crowds love. Um, I, I thought he played that really well, you know, especially once he got a little bit more comfortable a few few minutes in. And plus, you know, he had that botched corner spot, I want to say, to get up for the power slam. But, you know, the jackhammer, jackhammer that he hit was pretty damn, pretty damn tight. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting because then, uh, ironically, uh, the... Uh... Uh, the next match we saw Zeus, Udamaro, and Izanagi from Purple Haze defeating Jin, Fuminori Abe, and also the, I think, debuting Tetsuya Hana, uh, Hanami from 2AW. Um, he took the fall, obviously, by a jackhammer from Zeus. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> back-to-back jackhammer. <laughs> hey, when you got big muscle bullies, you know, like Kratos and, and, and Zeus here, you know, to back matches, you know, you're going to do back back moves. Um, I, I don't know. Zeus plays, the, you know, the great bash heel uh, pretty damn well, especially with those uh, nasty kicks that he does to, to his opponents there. But uh, good teamwork by both teams. These are pretty good, you know, up and coming factions. Um, you know, Jin, uh, as we'll get into as we see, uh, I believe, in the next match here, which, uh, which uh, might have been match of the night. Um, and you know, I, I thought this was a good showcase. Something quick, you know, something that you again, you just want to dip your toes in to see how the crowd reacts. Um, and and you know, I thought both teams were good. Fuminari Abe, uh, you know, I I know you're a big mark for him at the moment, but yeah. hey, you know, he he looked pretty damn good there. Um, and you know, to be honest, Purple Haze, you know, with with that classic 1960s cream esque type of uh, theme. Uh, this is definitely your, your grandpa's wrestling stable uh, yeah, favorite, I to like be exact. It, it, was, it I, was good. I'm, I'm all for it. And Ayato Yoshida, a guy I've been clamoring for back when he was in New Japan before a stud. Um, before he got pulled away, I thought they were – I was like, man, I really hope that they do something with him. And 
Obviously, mm-hmm. the Takovich Noku thing, like I said last show, was probably the the kicker that got him out of there. But man, he's <laughs> he's awesome, and I know him and Fuminori Abe aren't going to get a ton of wins, probably. But boy, th- those are two new guys to really spark up uh, yeah. all Japan. So I'm really excited for that. They're going to learn. Yeah. Uh, quick note on this match that I have. It's funny that you say that. Um, I put Ayato Yoshida is a stud, and then in parentheses, who eats the jackhammer by Zeus. Hmm. Two jackhammers so far. Zeus v. Junior Kratos? Question mark? And then uh, I looks like All Japan Pro Wrestling's Isaiah Davidson or Takashita. Take your pick. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um... You you said match of the night next one. Um, this was tied for my third best match of the night. I, I and I went three and three quarters on this. I really like this too. Dude, that um, final three remember, minutes were awesome. Oh, uh, Jake Lee, Koji Iwamoto, the All Asia Tag Champs defeat Takeo Mori and Black Mensore. Iwamoto with his judo toss on Mensore. Alex, floor is yours, my brother. Take over. Uh, Koji Iwamoto. Um... He's he's my new guy. That Koji is <laughs> is legit. He's he's everything I want. The the entrance that he has. I mean, let's be real. Jin's theme is tight. Um, as as yeah. you would say. Um, but but Jake Lee and Koji Iwamoto, man, their scumbagness, their walk. Uh, you know, Iwamoto's like a little pit bull. You know, he, he's a little dude, but boy's got strength. He's got those gains uh, to, to lift his opponents. And, and let's be real, Jake Lee, you know, just showed up out of nowhere. It was like the streamers that came into the ring, their entrance. Uh, he appeared after the streamers hit, because I swear, Iwamoto, uh, his charisma, you know, just led him to the ring uh, solo, it seemed like. But to me, he was like a young, athletic Zeus. Way where you're just like, oh, this guy's got the the future just wrapped in his hands. So I mean, for me, you know, maybe defense number thirteen, depending on how these all Asia tag team championships, you know, c- kind of goes the reign for Jin here. Um, I would not mind a Koji Omoto match, especially you know with the other members of uh, uh, Jim or say his tag team partner Jake Lee has yet to uh, you know bag the crown there. But uh, sign me up for Iwamoto. And and uh, Kento Miyahara, I don't know, sometime in July, you know, after the <laughs> Olympics, because uh, if anyone's going to beat Miyahara, I think uh, Koji has a damn good chance. But this was wow. just a fantastic, uh, great matchup. You know, Black Menso to Kyle Mori, you know, again, something where I didn't, you know, expect too much because one looked like Frankenstein's ah. monster ah. and the other, you know. I, I put ah. old Frankenstein comes in and takes out Lee with a spin, spinning wheel kick. A dude who looks like that at that age should not be doing spinning wheel kicks, but it was freaking awesome. Lee couldn't, you know, he, he couldn't match the strength, you know, of, of that guy, which was uh, pretty damn amazing there. But you know, Koji's hitting brain busters. He's hitting, you know, multiple ah. German bridges. Amazing. So Koji's my guy. He, he's my 2020 guy. So I'm hoping uh, for good things. But I noticed, you know, of course, All Japan has a separate tag team championship. So where did these All Asia tag teams, is this a part of All Japan or is this kind of like a freelance type of championship? I, if I remember right, the, the All Japan, the, or those All uh, 
Asia tag titles, I thought they were absorbed from another company, if I remember right. Um, That's apparently no longer in existence. Uh, let me see if I can. <laughs> All Asia tag titles, it was created. Hmm. But Jake Lee looks like a champion with those tag, you know, with, with the tag championships there. So, I mean, that's the good thing. You know, new look, new swagger by Jake Lee. Uh, you know, I'm happy he, he does have something around the waist there um, because he, he's that guy that you're like, okay, when are they going to lose here? But, but like I said, Koji's the guy. He's the one that, that's going to get them over and hopefully get Jin as a group, you know, uh, you know as one of the, if not the top faction in all Japan. Sorry, Zeus. Uh, um. So it looks like the world tag team titles uh, were the ones that were, were made in 88 that were a unification with the PWF titles, the all Japan NWA international. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of like the triple crown was. So the all Asia have been the, the main, or the all Asia were the big main titles since the like 1955. It was created. They got absorbed into all Japan. And okay. It was 76. They got absorbed in. Uh, okay. All Japan. So I knew the. I thought they were the newer ones, but some of these teams that have been champions uh, with these titles, I'm like going back in the history. Um, Ultimo Dragon and Yoshinobu Kanemaru were champions for like 200 days. Whoa! Uh, Kotaro Suzuki and Kento Miyahara had them before. Um, who else did I see that was interesting? Daisuke Sakamoto and Yuji Okabayashi had him a couple times. Uh, Minoru Suzuki and Nosawa Rongai, the man who's saving Noah with his great booking. Oh. Uh, Bull Buchanan and Rico had him. <laughs> Wait, did you say Rico? Yeah. Rico, like Rico Constantino. Uh, Rico, nice. Yeah, those are good things. Yeah, see, I'm looking back at some of these, like, like Mr. Gadasuke and Tetsuhiro Kuroda um, beat Jun Kasai and Tengu Kaiser after they were vacated and won them on a zero one show. So mm-hmm. like these are all kind of just random. Kitaro Kanemaru and Tetsuhiro Kuroda, the Kuroda Crush, the Kuroda Crunch. I remember that's what they called the Lariat. The announcement go nuts. <laughs> that was back in early two thousand three. Most Masawa and Yoshinari Ogawa, Ogawa guy we talk about from. Uh, here, here's a guy you just brought up. June 4th, 1999, Yoshihiro Takayama and Takeo Omore win the tag Ooh. titles from Hayabusa and Jinzei Shinzaki. That would be pretty freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jun Akiyama Sign and Takeo Omori held the titles for 1,076 days in 95 to 98. Hmm. So, I mean, you mentioned... Uh, uh, to K.O. Moore a few seconds ago, he was he was winning those titles in '95, <laughs> 25 <laughs> years ago. Holy bleep! Uh, speaking of holy bleep, we had a uh, you know uh, uh, Nabu uh, Nakanishi's uh, farewell All Japan match. Of course, he was uh, ending his New Japan run as well. Um, this was at uh, Kurukin, right? This, this show, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like his All Japan final Karukin uh, show. He didn't even uh, like have a great All Japan career, so I don't know why they were having a match for him there. But I mean, I guess respect. I mean, I yeah, guess, that's fair. I mean, Locker kind of did the same thing, but he's not going to go to all the different you know Japanese promotions. I, I I suppose more in America, 
um, and possibly England. You know, he had more of those farewells. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to learn a little bit more about Nakanishi. You know, again, that that, cool. that's something I want yeah. to dig down. I, I like this match. The only thing I'm confused about, um, my very first note is, why the bleep does Yoshitatsu have two belts? Um, I, he's that. the Gayora TV champ, and I don't know what that blue one is that he has. I think he but, just uh, made that <laughs> But uh, Jun, Jun Akiyama, man, that, that guy was tight. Um, I mean, he's God, getting he's, body, he's body slamming dudes on the exposed floor like it was nothing. I mean, it was it was just beautiful uh, poetry just to see this old gentleman just beating the crap out of uh, out of these dudes here. But I, I you thought this need was a to fun look up some, like twenty years ago Akiyama stuff. Like he's a guy where you'd go, wow! I wish I could have seen this. He he is right up your alley with his just his in ring work. Like he'll never go down as like one of the greatest of all time. Like you know, like would Masao he be my Ishii twenty five years ago? Yeah, I could I could see that. Like you know how minus the headbutts and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he was stiff too, man. Don't get me wrong. Was he? But like you know how you always say like I would always argue Kurt Angle is a top ten wrestler, no matter what anyone says. Yeah. That's what Jun Akiyama is. Like, I could argue he's a top 10 hero oh. of all time. But he was so good, man. He was so fluid. Like, he's so, like, he looked good. Yeah. He's like, if Nomura can't do the carnival, I could see Akiyama just stepping in going, all right, I'll do it. I thought I retired from these tournaments, but I'll do it. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I still love old 60-year-old Osamu Nishimura coming in with his sweet robe and his towel around his neck. And I mean, this dude's like, I think he's like 61 or 57 or something. He's throwing like these violent ass European uppercuts still. <laughs> he's, he's tight. And you know, it's cool. They had Dan Samora, the little redheaded young boy. He takes the, the torture act for Nakanishi. He was a knock around guy. I mean, he perfected that role in, in, in this match. I, you know, this was a fun little match. It wasn't agonizing. Usually I bypass matches like these, but, you know, just to kind of see, you know, some some of the older uh, talents, you know, from, from all Japan's history here, you know, I, I was happy I watched it. Tajiri was just there. Yeah. Just like, like, what? I was like, oh, Tajiri. You know, I, I don't believe there was any missed, you know, uh, but, you know, hey, it is what it was. And, you know, Jun Akiyama was, was definitely one uh, that, that stood out there for me. So, and Ryoji Sai looking baller as always. <laughs> Um, we get to the business end of the show. Man, these three matches delivered. Um, the main event, I did a rewatch of Alex after we had talked about it. I got a little bit of a different take when we get to it. Um, okay. Number five, though, on the card here, third to the top, we had All Japan, uh, Junior Heavyweight Title Defense, Susumi Akosuka, yes. Francisco Akira. I uh, went three yes. and three quarters, the Akosuka yeah, cutter. He is rejuvenating this division from the stagnant mm-hmm. life it was in. I understand that, like, you, you – I love that they did that vacate – they didn't vacate Aoyagi until they had to because of their 90-day rule. I thought that was awesome. And I thought bringing in Yokosuka is such a fresh – because otherwise it's just, what do we do? Let's just put the title on Koji Iwamoto again. Because Koji Iwamoto <laughs> is always – like, I still think Yokosuka is going to eventually lose the title back to Koji Iwamoto. I just don't know when. Like, that's that's my, like – and it, you know it's fine because oh Yusuke Okada might have a uh, different take on that. 
Yeah, they, they had a baller match uh, the 23rd a couple days ago. You know, maybe they go to Izanagi um, after he came and jumped them. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> I, I got to watch that. <laughs> yeah, the, the 23rd night or the February 23rd Excite Series show is uh, Susumi Yokosuka and uh, Yusuke Okada. Really good match. Really, really good. Uh, match. I thought Francesco Akira was amazing. He he was a, a glimmer of hope, especially in, you know, in, in this junior division um, where, you know, I know maybe two wrestlers. Now I know four, you know, to, you know, with Okada and, and, and Akira. Um, this was a match though, Ryan, I, I wanted it to be longer. I, this yeah. was a thing where, you know, I, I, I was happy with it. You know, I, I thought that you know, I, I just, Great stretch, good counters by by both guys. Akira, you know, had that backing, which you know, I mean, that that's just as important as anything with Japanese crowds, especially with someone you know who, who you know, coming to you know a company. Um, I'm intrigued to see a rematch. You know, obviously, I wasn't expecting Akira to to win the championship here, but you know, down the line, I mean, given you know maybe seven to ten extra minutes, uh, the, that could be definitely something where it could be top 20, you know, matches of the year, I would say. Yeah. Um, Good chemistry. Yeah, and it's he's another bright spot for this junior division that, you know, in a couple of years, this dude's going to be ready to maybe have a run with that title. So, good mm-hmm. little finds here. Once again, it's, All Japan is, is, we'll have to wait and see what their, like, half-year numbers look like after June, after the trip, <laughs> especially the carnival, what the draw is on the carnival. Oh, yeah, which we'll get into the participants after we, we talk the main. But they're definitely, like I said, at least they're making moves. Whether they're good or bad, at least they're trying something. So it makes me happy with that. Um, two guys we talk about just kind of, they're there, and then you're like, oh, God, this is dope. Um, Suwama, <laughs> or excuse me, Suwama! And Shuji Shikawa, the Violet Giants, the two Purple Haze members, Shigehiro Irie, Lucas Steele. Alex, oh. I went four and a half on this bitch, man. I loved it. This was just neat hitting meat, violence upon violence. Lucas Steele mm-hmm. continues like he's looking good. I'm getting he into looked this good. Guy. I'm ready he for him to be in the carnival. Like let's see what he can do. Shigehiro Irie oh. was cool. If it wasn't for Irie, I, I, it surprised me when they announced the uh, the champion carnival participants, uh, and mm-hmm. it shocked me when I found out uh, Johnny Bottle was a member of, of Purple Haze. Um, oh, I, so I mean, <laughs> I guess I so I was that. just thinking him Steele as a tag team. Now, get me wrong. I prefer Lucas Steele and and uh, in, in Irie, uh, but I'm not gonna lie, man. Johnny Valletta and, and Lucas Steele sign me up. That could be a fun. Team. They would take New Japan's heavyweight tag team division by storm. Valletta is a perfect guy to be in a stable like that to just be like your fifth guy. Mm-hmm. Like I like You'd that. Be the crowbar that. of that group. Yeah, like some just random guy. I like that. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't realize he was in there. You know, he's he's just how I found out was there. when they like botched the uh, the announcements of the carnival. <laughs> they just showed like Johnny Valletta on screen. I was like, what? And then it said purple haze, and I was like, oh, that's surprising and tight. Cool. <laughs> but this was, I mean, this was just hard hitting. Look, Suwama and, and Ishikawa are two all-timers in, with tag team wrestling. They're just so mm-hmm. good together. And then Suwama just kind of was like, "All right, Lucas Steele, <laughs> that's the end of it." And he's, he's too, like, I, I know, I know, like, 
You hate Dude, when there Jake was powders. Suwama <laughs> got powdered for God's sake. And then he <laughs> nailed Ishikawa. Ishikawa gets nailed by a chair. Yeah, and, and you know that mass purple Suwama. dude. Yeah. Like, they like hilarious each together. other was tight. Yeah. And then he's like, like shoves what? him. I'm like, oh man, are they are they teasing <laughs> the tension between these guys? Oh, please tell me they're going to be in the same carnival block. <laughs> oh, I think they were just like, okay, we got to get, you know, we got to get back on track. You know, like, let's finish how, these dudes. And if that's the case, how cool is it? Like, these big hosses hit each other, like, you dick, and then they start hitting each other back. Like, that's that's incredible. Well, that's the case. It came, I mean, you know, we, 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 as we, as you stated, you know, the, the sense of dissension there, you know, was, quickly went away when Ishikawa lays you know, on Suwama. So he doesn't, you know, hit that Irie splash. You know, that was yeah, almost as poignant cool. as watching, you know, uh, you know, Parasite or, or, or Little Women. I'm just like, man, that's some real shit right there. You know, like, that, that's cool, his, yeah. oh, that's his blood. You know, that was just tight. And then Suwama just looking over for, you know, Ishikawa, you know, laying on the sword there. And then, you know, of course, that, that giant layer express, you know, by, by the violent giants was, was just damn, <laughs> damn cool. And and like I know you talk about how you hate Jake Lee's back suplex as a finisher, but when Suwama gives two to Luca Steele for the oh. victory, I don't think there was anything decisively bad about that. He's it's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> He's like, is Alex Mello watching? You remember that Jake Lee shit you hate? Well, watch this. Sorry, Lucas. And he just murders him, and then just one, two, three. And I was like, well, that's the end of Lucas Steele. I don't know if he's making it to the carnival now. <laughs> one match wow. or one match that <laughs> that kind of came out of this, uh, especially realizing their theme music as well. Um, Book it, Joey Janela, Spring Break, Spring Break uh, Five in 2021. Uh, somehow, some way, make this happen. Violent Giants have taken on the Rock and Roll Express, uh, the Battle of the Air oh. Guitars. Um, that's, that's something I I, I need to. See. <laughs> Whoa, dude, Ricky Morton would sell his ass off for those guys. Oh, and then Robert Kingston would stand there looking at the wrong corner because he sells cockeyed. <laughs> oh no! Come on, baby, come on, big tank, baby. Ricky Morton can still go, man. I was watching NWA Power a couple a couple of the shows ago, and I'm like, man, this dude can work still. Like, I can't believe how well he can work still. Ricky Morton, Welcome. that's another one. He had an awesome match with Ric Flair too when he got a title match. Well, some of those early '90s stuff with with Flair and some of those tag guys were just tremendous. But uh, oh, main event, oh yeah, Chetsu Mihara takes on Yuma Aoyagi. New gear, new theme, new look after he turned on his friend Kento Mihara. Yes. I originally had this at three and three quarters, Alex, and I was a little kind of let down by it. I came back and watched it again, and I actually changed it to four and a half because I. I I looked at it in the light. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, like, so I looked at this as Kento Miyahara. It's his first time getting in the in that spot. So mm-hmm. I need to think about it as the story they're telling is 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 Ao, Yuma Aoyagi. This is new. This is something he hasn't done, and the the false finishes you know still were there. Like I I was like God, I remember that 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 got me after he hit the that cradle after that kick. I was like I thought he was gonna win for a second there. And I'm watching him, and and the story they told of him just he'd make a slight mistake here and there because he's just so green as the champion. And then the second he would do that, Miyahara would strike, blackout knee, and he bumped. 
and and he'd still be hurt, but it was quick enough that it would stop Aoyagi from from keeping the offense going. And watching it in, in that light, and and of Aoyagi with his fight and his anger and how mad he was when he couldn't finish him, and and his like mm-hmm. desire and his comeback. I think, I think he's rewatching it with that light. He's past Jake Lee for me. Like I think Jake Lee is out of the way, Agreed. and Aoyagi is above him. And if it's not going to be Nomura, let's keep going with Aoyagi because thinking of it that way. And then it was so good when Miyahara tried to shake his hand after, and he's like, "No, nah, screw yes. you!" And he slaps his hand and he leaves. That's that fire, you know. It's, it's mm-hmm. that difference between Jake Lee where he just seemed, you know, stagnant. I, I Yuma Iagi had a better first match with Kento Miyahara than Jake Lee did. You know, I, and that could say, oh, well, they know each other, this or that. But I, I think they put everything into it. And just reading, you know, on, on, on Kento Miyahara's Twitter, which if you have to follow, and follow us at WrestleCast underscore SSM. Um, and, and just kind of an in interview with him saying, you know, Ayagi knows, knows me, knows my movesets. So I got to go way to the back. I got to go to my bag of tricks you know, stuff that he didn't know or or hasn't seen before. And, you know, I, I, I noticed a few, you know, different spots there. But, you know, for me, this was a, a, a good, very good match. Um, nothing like a Nomura, if you will. But I like mm-hmm. what you said with the comparison of, you know, he seemed like a step or two steps ahead than Jay Lee in his matches with, uh, with Kento Miyahara here. So, um, albeit a good match, uh, this was one I tried to get to, to watch beforehand. Uh, watch the uh, the coaches take on uh, a Rapunga yeah. 3K instead there. Um, but uh, no, I, I thought this was really good. This was not a bad match. It was just something where again you knew to win. So for yeah. me, the suspense wasn't there. But again, I love where it can go. You know, with him and Nomura, where these guys could be the the, the challenge, the next step up for all Japan. If they want to build someone where, you know, uh, Miyahara, you know, is, is already, he's broken, right? Or did he tie it with this match? He tied it. He tied Kawhi. He tied it. So, yeah. Yeah. so he's going to be considered the greatest all Japan heavyweight champion of all time after he breaks it, correct? Uh, I mean, I guess you could argue him up there. I think there's, he still has some other, other tall orders to climb. I mean, you know, Misawa had five reigns for 1,800 days. Jesus. He's still, uh, 1,799. He had 21 combined defenses. Miyahara's at 24 reigns. So he's got one less reign. He'll tie Misawa at 21 defenses if he beats Suwama. But he still has to hold that title for was 75, 675 more days to be the longest reigning and most defenses. So, I mean, he's going to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Suwama's number three, six reigns, nine defenses, eight hundred and eighteen days. So, geez, this is it, just a history I have to. <laughs> I don't know when I'm gonna have time, but but when I take a week vacation, uh, that's something I probably have to dig, dig into for sure. And oh boy. yeah, in, in Miyahara, he he won his first title. Uh, so Suwama ruptured his Achilles in January 2016, and then Miyahara on the 12th, February 12th at the first Excite Series 2016, uh, gets his first victory uh, beating Zeus for the 
for the vacant title, held it for 464 days, eight defenses. Oh, wow. Uh, his second reign, he had zero defenses, 43 days before he lost it back to Suwama. Um, and then he beat Joe Doring, held it for 126 days, had two defenses before losing to Zeus. Zeus had 84 days, one defense, and then it went back to Miyahara, October of 2018, um, and <laughs> rising. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things, too, like I said, it, you know, if you do get a chance when you, and you go back and watch it, watch it. In, like, I watched it the first time as a fan who was just drooling to make sure Miyahara won. When I watched mm-hmm. it the second time and I gave it a higher grade, which usually I grade it lower on the rewatch, but I rewatched it thinking of the story that they were telling of Aoyagi being the, the rookie yeah. in this line, and, and it was great. And it, it just made it that much better for me. So I, I appreciated it a lot more the second watch through. And, it, and it, like, it goes back to what you're seeing. Aoyagi has that fire. Jake Lee has that long – is Alistair Black coming out to the ring? Did you hear that? <laughs> um, but like, you remember Jake Lee in that last defense has got me a hard leg on the floor and he just stands there looking like an oaf in the ring. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. What are you doing? Like, laugh, point. You know? So. Oh my God, Alistair Black. <laughs> oh, I heard that. And I was like, oh, oh shit, he's coming to the ring. Sorry, it's my elevated table. That's tight. Um, so. Uh, now I want an Alistair Black figure, so when I lift the table <laughs> up, it, he just comes up with it. <laughs> that is so tight. R.I.P. Samoa Joe's push. 30 oh, days yeah. suspension. Well, he was pushing what did that I needle, think? apparently. I mean, I just as as I had uh, my 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 girlfriend to measure since I'm trying to get on that Ryan Cook tip, um, seventeen and a half inch uh, pythons, if you will, to yeah. get to your level of twenty one inches. So I'm uh, I'm trying to get on that level. Yeah, man, you're gonna be like Zeus next time you come over. Looking fly in a tie and suit too. <laughs> oh man, I did an interview uh, last week and I came in with the suit that whenever I go to that that, that establishment because I haven't I haven't heard yet. They all say, "So when are you going to wear that suit again?" I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> um, I got to get the actual day because I'm. I think it might coincide with. Uh, our weekend of fun. Yeah, start. So if you come up that Thursday to Monday for all that wrestling, uh, Monday the 6th is when the Champion Carnival kicks off, ladies and gentlemen. Whew. So we would have a live night one watch. What's this year the more exciting? I mean, we, two pretty exciting uh, names to, to come up here. Um, of course, we have the usuals, which we get into. But uh, David Boy Smith Jr. Um, and Takashi Segura, uh, you know, of course, Takashi Segura from No. David Boy Smith from everywhere, um, but of course, most notably uh, from his uh, couple of episodes on Hogan's Knows Best, um, as as he was courting Brooke Hogan there, and all they talked about was were his calves. Um, but uh, I mean, <laughs> Lucas Steele, you know, of course, being a, a new guy, Joel Redman making a, pr- a pretty big impact in 2019's Champion Carnival. I would say this was a, a pretty damn good crop of of talent. Of course, we have to uh, figure out what's happening with North. Nomura, um, and, and his injury, 
Um, but what do you think, Ryan, of, of the uh, the newest additions for 2020? And do you think I anyone like from last year that was omitted should be uh, should have been brought in? I I think it's I, I really like it. Um, you know, if, if you look at obviously losing Yuji Okabayashi, I think it, it kind of stinks. But mm-hmm. you know, he was somebody they brought in. Dylan James was fired, so he's not going to be in this thing. Whoa! Um, why was he fired? Uh, he did something stupid. Cody I can't Hall? It was probably something along those lines. Obviously, at Sushi Aoki, we really can't. You know, he's not in well, it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, what happened to Joe know, Doring? Is he hurt still or just he, taking Yeah, Joe Doring's hurt. Um, the bodyguard is hurt. That's why he's not in it as well. Sam Adonis wasn't brought back. Uh, Takashi Yoshida wasn't brought back. Thank the heavens, Daichi Hashimoto wasn't brought back. <laughs> I didn't want to hear any more. <laughs> Yeah. So you take those guys out And you add Lucas Steele Shigehiro Irie mm-hmm. Yoshi Kamatani from Big Japan Ayato Yoshida, Davey Boy Smith Jr Kai And Takashi Sagira. Yeah, Kai. I, I think we've improved the field Because you take Ooh. those seven Joe Redmond's back Which is awesome Johnny Valletta's in it Which might be okay uh, Ryu Desai, Yoshitatsu, Zeus Shuji Shikawa, Sawama, Naoya Nomura, if he can do it, Yuma Aoyagi, Jake Lee, and Kento Miyahara. So, if any, I, I think this field is way better. I I agree. You know what will make it even better, though, Ryan? If Nomura cannot make it, you know who the hell you throw in there? Who? Koji Iwoto. <laughs> yeah, give him that junior rub. Why not? That's a good give idea. him that rub. Like, so you look at these things. I think, oh, is, yes, it sucks that we lost Okabayashi, but the guy I clamored for, they actually put in Sugera, which I yeah. couldn't believe that they did that. When you texted me Sugera, I said it as, like, yeah. days before the announcement. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when you sent me that, I just kind of laughed, and then I watched it. I'm like, oh, my God, he meant it because he's in. I was like, this is <laughs> I, call me LeVar Ball, baby. I spoke it into existence. <laughs> it was exactly what that was. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. Stay in your lane. I mean, it was, it was, it was incredible. <laughs> and it, so you can basically Okabayashi and Sugera are washes. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Steele, Sam Adonis. I think you can kind of wash those two together. Um, but, I mean, would you rather have like no no offense to Joe Doring, I understand he's just broken, but you know Davey, I would rather have Davy Boy Smith over him. No offense to Joe Doring. Oh, I mean, um, yeah, I mean health and, and age wise for for sure. Davy, you know, I have not watched any MLW or, or whatnot in quite a while, but I mean, he's still, I mean, he's Harry Smith. What? I mean, he's he's still pretty damn good. I mean, and in, I in, in this crowd. I wanted him in all Japan. I thought he would have been tremendous in here. So I love this. You know, he's not going to lie. Lucas can... Steele's pick when they showed it on screen. I swear it was, it was his dad. It was British boy for a second. <laughs> I was like, what? He's back. Huh? And they showed Davey and I'm like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? Here? But um, I think you can, you can Dylan James and Kai, I think are a wash. So that doesn't mm-hmm. hurt you losing Dylan James. Cause he had a really good tournament, but like, I'd rather have Shigehiro Irie over the bodyguard. No offense to the bodyguard. Oh, yeah. um, I'd 
I'd much rather have Ayato Yoshida over Daichi Hashimoto. <laughs> you know, and obviously, you know, Hideyoshi Kamatani, where I just, you know, I haven't seen as much Big Japan as I'd like to, um, you know, non-deathmatch stuff. So I guess you could say, okay, him and Atsushi Aoki, I guess, are watched because Aoki can't obviously be in it. But I haven't seen a lot of Kamatani, so I can just kind of watch that. Like, if you take, if you go person by person, it's either the equivalent or an upgrade. Mm-hmm. I I would say uh, convince me this is uh, I mean just adding you know Segura and 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 Davy Junior I I think was a huge thing Kai I forgot he was in that so I mean th- those are going to be some stiff ass kicks so I mean it's going to be uh, a good tournament the only thing I, is uh, Yoshitata should lose all those belts before <laughs> I hope Sugara and Davy Boy are in two different blocks because I want to see. Each of them wrestle either member of the Violent Giants. I don't care what the pair-off is. <laughs> Give me Davy Boy against Ishikawa or Suwama, and the same with Sugara. I don't care. They'll both be awesome. I want to see Sugara and Zeus. Just give me Sugara. I mean, is the final? No, you can't do Sugara and Miyahara. Obviously, they haven't announced the box yet, I don't well, think. But you I mean... could. Two years ago, if I remember right, didn't Marafuji win? Did he win the 2018? I might be the way one with off, Shingo. Yeah, yeah, Marafuji won 2018, and yeah. then he lost the uh, title match against Miyahara. You could do the same thing and have Sugara win this thing and get a title shot and just lose to Miyahara. It's kind of like my reasoning why I wanted him in there instead of uh, like Goshiyazaki is because. With Go being champion, you really can't have him go in there and lose any matches because you want to protect the champion. It's just like Pac and Dragon Gate. Sugar is perfect. He's a secondary champion. And if anything, this is going to help Noah elevate that universal title because you have your, your new champion of a new title in another company getting exposure for it. So I, I like it. I think it's a fantastic. This is such a good move. Both parties. Both parties. Let do, do you know when, when the tournament started? The Champions Just Carnival? Yeah. Oh, God, like 1972. Wow. You, God, you are a nerd. Uh, 1973. Jesus. When, when was it? 83. Oh. I wow. I should have known that. I, Baba won it, right? Yes. Yeah, that was so, my next question. <laughs> Who won in 1974, do you think? Giant Baba again. Correct. 75. Uh, Giant Baba. <laughs> My God. He won the first five out of out of the first six. I, I would won it to break it up in nineteen seventy six. Who won? Uh Jumbo Sruda. Wow. Uh he won it in nineteen eighty. Uh but uh the guy who uh allegedly maybe I don't know had to do something with uh Bruiser Brody. <laughs> Abdullah the Bush. Oh, okay, Abdullah. Oh, I yeah. I would I like I was just gonna keep saying giant Baba until you told me I was wrong. <laughs> to be honest, he just stopped before I was wrong. Yeah, it goes Baba Baba Butcher Baba Baba Butcher uh, Jumbo Saruta Baba Baba Jumbo Saruta Hanson oh, won it back to back. Kawada Masawa Kira Tawawe. Um, wow, I apologize. Um, and then uh, Toshiaki Kawada again. Masawa Vader ninety nine oh, Kento Kobashi. Man. 
in 2000. Tenru, uh, Muto, Kojima, Muto again, Sasaki, Tayo Kia, Keiji Motu again, uh, Suwama in 08, Minoru Suzuki in two, uh, 2009 and 2010. Yuji Nagata, be kidding me, in 2011. <laughs> uh, Takeo again, Junakiyama winning in 2013. Uh, Takeo Omori in 2014. Akibono, why? It's not surprising that Akibono, but it, what's surprising is it was, it was in 2015. How the wow. heck does that make any sense? Was that a, a dark period for all Japan? Yeah, this is this is like, I don't like know much of anything after like 2000. 2007 with all Japan. That was kind of that stretch where I didn't watch. So you didn't watch Manoru during no, that stretch? Not wow. at all. Didn't even know he won it. Um, <laughs> Twice. Yeah. And this is also when I really wasn't watching New Japan. This was, I got out of both of them because I didn't like the booking and I started watching a lot of Noah. I started watching Dragon Gate. Um, mm. I was just like, yeah, that mm. makes sense. You know, and then around that time, yeah. I mean, and I watched some of the, like, the mid-2000s New Japan just because it involved impact and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But I'm like, the Dudley boys are the champions. This, I don't care. I just didn't – it didn't do much. That was, that was when uh, Yujiro Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito were no limit. And I think they were tag champs for minutes. And So I just kind of got out of it then. And then That's when I went to, went to the bookers of impact or TNA, and I posed this question. Do you puro, bro? Like that, that, that's exactly what I've asked him. Because like, what are you doing with this talent? I mean, Which, by the dude, way, prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestlecast with the T. Um, two shirts we got. Uh, do you puro, bro? Which is an amazing uh, red on black uh, shirt. There, uh, a wonderful phrase. And if you love Japanese wrestling, you got to get this and and turn your WWE marks into. Uh, uh, Puro brothers and sisters, if you will. And uh, we have a wonderful, amazing uh, Japanese-inspired uh, cast radio logo, a blue shirt, white lettering, white logo, white ring, white Japanese characters. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff there. Again, ProWrestling.com forward slash WrestleCast. Uh, big sale coming up this weekend uh, thanks to AEW uh, Revolution, so 20% off. So our shirts are normally $19.99, but you can get them for uh, as as $16, so help support uh, if you're a fan of the show. Of course, we have uh, our full Showtime, uh, which is an amazing shirt, and of course, our best wrestling city in the world, the Midway Chicago-inspired uh, WrestleCast radio shirt as well. Oh, yeah. God, you should be like a paid programming guy. Tremendous. Makes me happy. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, too, with like the mid-2000s is I... I I did like the fact that they would put the big stars in all Japan, kind of like the Ibushi Tanahashi thing, as their tag champs. Like Taoki and Keiji Muto were tag mm-hmm. champs for a while. Um, early 2000s was the Kojima Tenzan stuff I got really into. But then it kind of floundered with all Japan up until probably 2017, 20, 2018, when I, I decided to give it another shot when you started watching it with me, when the Shingo thing, Shingo Miyahara, stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. But I had gotten out of it because I didn't, I just wasn't into it. And at that point, New Japan, 
I just didn't like the stuff at the top with like Tadeo Yasuda as champion. I just couldn't Itaka Yoshi. I couldn't get into those guys as champion. Bob Sapp. Their junior stuff was fun. I mean, you know, Brian Danielson was out there. Kent uh, Loki was out there. Stuff like that. But I mean, these guys all, you know, Kobashi and Masala and all these guys left and went to Kawada. They all went to Noah. And that's, that's when Noah just took off. You, you know, it was, hmm. it was all the, the good, you know, I, I, I mean, watching Kenta and Kenta Kobashi and Masawa and Yoshinobu Katamaru and Mara Fuji and guys like that. And it was just, I just enjoyed it so much more. Do, do you think Noah, it sounds like it was the ring of honor of that time. Yeah. Of Ring of Honor wrestlers, it seems like you know, kind of went over there, you know, Dana Simbi one of them. But it just seems like it, it was a golden era of not your main one or two companies, if you will, but it was just more of the pure wrestling standpoint. Do you find that a fair comparison, or am I just no. uh, too emblazed by Fujimoto's uh, sexiness uh, in this <laughs> picture here? Looks like a sex guy. Uh, 2005, I think it's July, was the, the Destiny 05, the show I want you to watch. Noah ran that at the Tokyo Dome and sold it out. Um, it had Kawada and Masawa on top. Kobashi and Sasaki was the semi-main. Uh, and then it was Kanamaru and Kenta, I think, is the third to the top. So it's really good stuff on there. And they were just, you know, it, and, and like I said, Dragon Gate, too. Dragon Gate was was starting to starting to pick up a lot of steam. They were they were doing Ring of Honor stuff, so you got to see them that way. They were doing a lot of stuff in England. You got to see that Shingo and Naruki Doi won the, won the ROH tag titles, if I remember right, which was really cool. They beat the Briscoes for them. Then they started Dragon Gate USA. So I mean, you could just oh, Jesus, they beat the Briscoes. That's a match I want to see. Stiff yeah. hell, I'm sure. I'm almost positive that's who it was. It's the ROH World Jeez. Tag Team Championships. Um, so it just was, I don't know, I just, I had gotten out of it. And then now, now with the streaming services, it makes it, because that was the one thing is, is 2012 is when uh, New Japan started using this, this online streaming service called um, Ustream. And with that, I was able to buy New Japan shows a la carte. So that's how I started oh. watching, like the you know the New Beginning when Okada beat Tanahashi, and from there on out, me and Klecker would buy them. We'd it was like 159 bucks, and you get every night of the G1 Carnival or the G1 Climax, and you know wow. things like that. That's kind of how I got into it back. You know, now you get it for ten time. bucks. Exactly. Yeah, it was way nicer then. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, uh, the fifth year festival in Chicago, Briscoe's beat Daniels and Seidel. And then a week later, they lose them in Liverpool to Naruki Doi and Shingo. Jeez, that's tight. And I wonder. Really? Hmm. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked here. I got to check. I got to look at something, but I mean, you know, so that was, that was the all Japan. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm like, I have to, I have to look at something here now. Um, really quick. I don't think we need to go fully into it because of how old it was. I'm going to run through the results, but I want to get your thoughts on the main event because of who, who was in it and how, just how, how good this guy is. And, and 
he's going to be in the wings as the next dude. But really quick, Dragon Gate Truthgate uh, from the seventh. Uh, Super Shisa and Ho Ho Loon defeat you, Ho Ho Loon. Ben K, Jason Lee, and Problem Dragon defeat Gamma. Kento Kubune, who already has his own shirt, by the way, and Sakito Kamea. Uh, Masaki Mochizuki defeated Kota Minora. Yeah. Um, and we got uh, Yuki Yoshioka and Dragon Dia defeated Susumi Yokosuka and Yasushi Kanda. Uh, Kaito Ashita, Big R Shimizu, and Kazuma Sakamoto defeated Ultimo Dragon, Don Fuji, and Genki Horiguchi with Ashita pinning Dragon, which was awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the uh, team of Takashi Ashita, Diamante, and Hill defeating Dragon Kid, Ryo Saito, and Kanichi Arai, and also Strong Machine J, Yosuke Santa Maria, and Kaisuke Okuda. Um, Yoshida with the pineapple bomber on Yosuke Santa Maria, and then Kenichi Arai gets a tiger suplex on Kyo to get the victory. Um, we then saw BB Hulk and Eita defeat Yamato and Kai, and then to have mm-hmm. Yoshino and Kondo beating Eita with Yoshida, Lamastra, and Eita. All these matches, three, three and a quarter, three and a half for me. It was all really average, but really good. Like, really, like a little bit above average. You're going to watch. Yeah. And it's the it first was, match. It was a good watch. But main event, the rookie doy, KZ. I mean. And you, you bought a KZ shirt, for God's sake. <laughs> about a phrase that was cool three years ago. But at first, I was like, straight up, what? KZ? And I was like, oh, I get it. Uh, they get things too late. Um, But no, this, I mean. <sighs> This is a recommended match. I mean, I, I would say the, this is a continuation of Rookie Doi, uh, you know, from the his win against Ben K and him going toe-to-toe, uh, muscle buster to muscle buster against KZ, or muscular bomb to muscular bomb to KZ, uh, was damn good. Uh, I, I thought this was fantastic to, to watch where I was like, is KZ going to end this reign? He just a transitional champion. Why would that, you know, to me, it didn't make sense, you know, for, for a lot of things. There was a lot of, you know, motions going through my mind, you know, while, while watching this match. But I mean, KZ, he's, he's damn good. I mean, he, I thought it was 2019, you know, him and Skywalker earlier in the year was good. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of relegated to, to more tribe Vanguard types there, uh, which was fine. But, I, I hope this puts him back onto the gates, uh, uh, no pun intended, uh, into some more singles matches, if not single title, uh, down the line. If not, the one to, to dethrone Naruki Dora, but, but this is definitely, uh, I would say, uh, match of the year candidate so far, especially for Dragon. Oh, so I'm down here on my hands and knees looking at my DVDs, and I thought I had it sitting here, but I guess I'm wrong. I don't know if you can hear me if it's picking me up, Alex. I apologize if yep. it's not. No, nope, um, you are. I thought I, I have the Chicago Ridge show from February 27th when the Briscoes win the titles from Seidel and Daniels, but mm-hmm. I don't have the London show where Doy and Shingo win them from the Briscoes. I really thought I had that there. <laughs> I was going to take a picture of it and send it to you be like, bam, I have these shoes. I swear I have it. I got to dig for it. 
What what I love about Naruto Doi in, in his match too is you know, kind of like any great wrestler is he always attacks a body part from the very first second to the to the last muscular bomb. And what I love was he just attacked the shit out of the neck and, and KZ <laughs> for a while I don't know if this guy is gonna walk tomorrow because he's gonna be laid up and, and that's one thing I appreciate with Naruki Doi is is the art of, of that for sure. And a great foil. I hope you know good things kind of come from this, uh, and and this was just a, a damn damn good match. Well, and here's what I love about this too, is you know February 27th last year, KZ was the the title the title challenger to Masaki Mochizuki. I mean it was like a 35 minute match. It was tremendous. Last year, KZ was the foil to Pac, loses to him. Tremendous match this year. He gets the rookie doy. I mean, he's like your February All Star. You need a you need a fantastic title contender, match of the year contender in February. Have KZ get a shot at the title because he just he just is the utility man. He just keeps coming through. And, mm-hmm. and if they keep doing this, one of these times I think he's gonna win. But against who? I don't know. It it depends. Like once again, you just I call Mister February. Yeah, Mister February. Let's go. <laughs> so so it's like the Bray Wyatt of the fall. Oh God! No, no, he's 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 good. Back in a day, like circa like twenty thirteen, and it was like, oh, here's this push just for nothing. <laughs> we'll get into more L's, you know. Come post Rumble. Yeesh. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think Doi was going to beat Ben K to begin with, so I'm still going, wow, you guys sure uh, threw me for a loop here as it is. So Hey, you got to celebrate 20 years somehow, right? Um, you want to run through TakeOver before we wrap up? F- yeah, so so what's the next Dragon Gate show before we, uh, before we head uh, into to TakeOver? I believe... It's on Sunday. Um, I'm rolling it up right now. I think it's Sunday. Um, hold on, the it's loading here for me. I'm, pr- I'm pretty That's sure. That's what it's she most- said. So the champion gate um, in Osaka, like the six man tag and and stuff. That's on the 29th. Um, and then also on the first, there's a show. So Saturday, Sunday, are the two shows. On the 29th, if we go trying to see show all here, uh, 29th is headline two title matches. We have Kaito Ashida defending against Genki Horiguchi, the Open the Brave Gates, and then Dragon Kid Ryo Saito and Kenichi Arai defending the Triangle Gate titles against Dragon Daya, Ben K, and Strong Machine J. Um, we also have Yamato KZ, Kai, and Kaisuke Okuda taking on Eita BB Hulk. Big R Shimizu and Kazuma Sakamoto, Naruki Doi and Fasumi Yokosuka, which I think is this is interesting. Takashi Oshida and Diamate against Masaki Mochizuki and Kento Kobune against Doi and Yokosuka, who will be wrestling the next day. Uh, Yuki Yoshioka against Gamma, and then Masada Yoshino Don Fuji and Yasushi Kanda versus Jason Lee, Punch Tomonaga, and Kota Minora. 
is the the opener. So day one in Osaka, they're at the Iden. I'm I'm guessing they're going to use the uh, Edion Arena one, not two, because they'll they'll sell thousands of seats unlike you know some of these some of the other shows that are running and getting a couple hundred fans. Um, but then the the second day, the second leg of this two day at Iden. Um, we open Mochizuki, Ryo Sato, Gamma, and Martin Kirby taking on Jason Lee, Strong Machine J, Dragon Daya, and Oji Shiba. Don Fuji and Genki Horiguchi against KZ and Yosuke Santa Maria. We get Ben K and Kaisuke Okuda against Takashi Oshida and Kaito Ashida. That, that should be awesome. Masada Yoshino, Dragon Kid, and Kagatora taking on Eita, Big R Shimizu, and Diamante. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Did the other you say Effie to Diamante because that's a sin. <laughs> so um, the other two titles on the line because we have the six man tag and the tw- and the uh, Brave Gate on the 29th. So on the first they're going to do the other titles. Uh, BB mm-hmm. Hulk and Cosmo Sakamoto defending against Yamato and Kai. And then open the Dream Gate. Naruki Doi taking on his, his tag partner from the night before, Susumu Yokosuka. That should be awesome. So back-to-back shows this coming weekend here. Wait, the All Japan Champion, by the way. No. Yeah, All Japan Junior Champion. Yeah, I, like I said, the the first night though had a couple of things that I'm really into. Obviously, Joy and Yokosuka on a team, but uh, Dragon Kid Saito and Kenichi Arai defending against Ben K, Strong Machine J, and Dragon Daya could be really fun. So there's some there's some good stuff on both of these shows. And that's Glorious Gates. Uh, it's Champions Gate 2020. They're running back to back days in Iden in Osaka. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it looks like they have a show. It looks yeah they have a show uh, come the same day as the uh, New Japan anniversary. Glorious yep. Gates then, uh, 2020. And then on the fifth too, they they are going to run Corican, so I'm sure that'll get televised. Yeah, it looks like a live schedule. So the 29th, the first, and then on the fifth, um, and then they don't have anything streaming until March 22nd when they run uh, Kobe Hall. So two weeks little break there for Dragon Gate, but uh, yeah, 29th, the first, and the fifth, um, three big shows here coming up. Nice. Because the Corkins are always good, so. Um, you know what also was very good? NXT TakeOver. Uh, continuing the, the I, I would say, great success of what Triple H and company has done um, over with uh, the NXT brand out of Full Sail over in Orlando, Florida. Um, my, I thought this was a, a, a damn serviceable show. But I'll be real, I'm not going to lie, that extra half hour, yeah, it only went to a little over three hours, like three hours and like two minutes, Ryan. But some of it's going to kind of seem like a stretch. And, and I, I would say, um, as I loved all the matches, the main event was good. But I, I, I think you retweeted something that, that was very true, where it's just like it, a, a main event loses its luster when every match beforehand does 70 falsies the same yeah. bump spots, and it's just like, okay, Gargano turns, dun-dun-dun, where I thought he had probably one of the best matches I've seen in a while earlier with Finn Balor there, 
um, because it, they changed the pace of the earlier, you know, kind of, um, you know, your your hardcore, you know, uh, revenge match with, with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, which I thought was a, a wonderful, uh, you know, kind of grudge match there. Something that I'm sure you wanted to see Liger and, and uh, Suzuki have last fall here. But, you know, when Keith Lee and, and Donovan Dijakovic, you know, is, is just getting the crowd on fire and, and Dijakovic is doing a, a, a flying, uh, you know, kind of senton over the ropes while Lee's sitting in a chair there. I mean, you're, you're so many damn crazy moves in just your opener, which goes, you know, 24, 25 minutes. You know, it's hard for the rest of your show to kind of have that come down feel. But I thought Balor and Gargano did an exceptional job. Again, I thought every match was, was damn good. You know, three and a half stars, if you want to put it on a star scale or more. Um, but again, when, when everything starts running the same, you know, it, it's just kind of hard when it comes to your main event to, to kind of have that, that same, you know, aura or that mystique that comes. And I'm not going to lie, Chapa, as, you know, wonderful as he is, Psycho Killer, shout out, doing an old, you know, sportscast radio promo. Um, I don't know what it what it needs. Uh, I, I wouldn't have minded if, you know, hashtag DIY kind of stayed as a tag team, you know, past the, uh, the World's Collide show. Just because I don't want another Champa Gargano where the roles are reversed. Champa's excellent, don't get me wrong, but you know something needs to change. And you know the Goldie thing, him coming from the injury is is good and all, but I don't know if I'm ready for another series because you know that's what's what it's going to be. And and you called it, you know, a month ago. You're like, oh, we're we're probably gonna get Gargano Champa. I'm like, how is that gonna work? You know, yada yada. <laughs> Um, but you're right. We're going to get this probably until SummerSlam takeover, and I don't think I'm ready for it. I think you no. can put these two guys in different feuds or, hell, throw Ciampa onto the main roster and kind of see where he goes from there. You know, a mid-card title there. Um, Adam Colt, awesome. Tag match was amazing, but but for me... Again, when almost every match has every holy bleep spot, and and I'm sorry, Mauro, for me, you know, Corey Graves might have been right. You, you kind of overstep a lot, you know, where it seems like I kind of do with Ryan on a week to week basis here at times. But settle, settle down, man. I mean, I, I'm kind of getting over the whole Mauro Ranala, you know, mystique. You know, let your your cohorts speak. I think Beth Phoenix has improved tremendously you know, from, from over the last six months here. And, and, you know, you got to love, you know, the, the guy that also inspired you, you know, in, um, damn it. I, I, I forgot his impact name, but you know, you know what I mean? Nigel McGinnis there. So, you know, for me, there, there's a lot of positives, great show, great matches. Again, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai had a grudge match. This was everything and anything. Yeah, the, the Raquel, a.k.a. Reina Gonzalez, you know, who's on your worst female, you know, uh, and, and worst <laughs> matches from the first May Young Classic, um, you know, kind of comes down. She she has she flattens her hair and she's walking down like Tamina Snuka. Uh, but, you know, it, if you didn't see her, you know, like I did a couple of years ago at a random NXT house show in Florida, you're not going to know who the hell she is. You remember her from wearing cowboy chaps. You know, and then for her to have flat hair and then, you know, help Dakota Kai, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, there's no build to that relationship no. or, or what have you. But I get it. It's your Shawn Michaels-Diesel connection. She's the bodyguard to, you know, kind of make Dakota Kai even more of a character, which I think 
She's tremendous as a heel, so keep it going there. Tegan Knox, wonderful story, wonderful Chinese wizard to, to Dakota Kai there um, until Raquel Gonzalez spoiled the party. But uh, for me, you know, match of the night, Balor Gargano, uh, second up, though, uh, was definitely bros of weights and, and under, well, I don't know. I, like I said, all of it was great. Shout out to Bianca Belair. The stack was against her, and I thought her and Ripley had a very, uh, albeit quick match, but I thought told a damn good story that still involves Belair with uh, Ripley and, of course, Charlotte Flair, which we get Belair and Flair tomorrow night. Good show. Um, Great show. Again, some of the mystique gets lost when everything's repeated. When 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 I did my match ratings, I I actually bookended with the women. Um, I, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai went four and a half. That was my match of the night. I was well on a way to go in all five. I thought this was. You, you remember that discussion that I had with you about Almas and Gargano? Like, is this, you know, where does this rank? Is this the best NXT match? You know, it, I mean, could, I don't think this is better than. Uh... Mrs. Gargano, why, why is her name escaping me? Candice LeRae and, and, Candace Candace and Bray. I, I, yeah. I still think that's the, you know, besides Sasha Bailey from, you know, TakeOver Brooklyn. That's the the benchmark for oh, God, uh, yeah. for women's oh, matches, not only in NXT, but all of WWE, I would say, in the last 20 years, yeah. if not yeah, the I whole mean, the history whole of women's wrestling. Yeah, I mean that 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 was my on my match of the year listing. I mean, I went that I went so far I put it on match of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this though, I, what, where I was where I was going was this was on the way to getting there because mm-hmm. this was not what we see in plunder matches anymore. This is like you said with the Liger Suzuki. This is what a blood feud should look like. Yeah, when when when. Dakota Kai starts it by just blindsiding her, and that and there's no stopping. Uh, I mean, when she trapped her leg around the ring ring steps and used a cricket paddle and mm-hmm. tried to hit her with it, um, Dakota Kai is giving her Van Daminators. Keegan Knox is taking headshots with weapons. The th- that bump when Dakota Kai got her leg pulled out and she took a a flare like a impactful chest bump. On the ring apron. That was one of the hardest bumps I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how she didn't knock herself <laughs> off. The, the German suplex on the garbage can. Oh, yeah. Like 40 feet. I mean, everything. It, 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 and this is the epitome of when you have two best friends, this is what you get from them because they don't, they don't, they don't care. They're going to just do it. To, and, and, yeah. You know, we'll pause you know there's not going to be animosity towards the end because you, you're – you both are, you know, your eyes on the prize. Let's just go have fun, beat the shit out of each other, and have everyone say, oh, that was amazing. Let's see it some more. And and that's where it was going. Everyone that's listening, a uh, minute left, and we will be podcastable. So after a minute of this, be sure to check it out. We'll be done shortly, and you can uh, listen to the end of the show on Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tuning, yep. Spotify, Our Height Radio, iHeart Radio, the whole nine yards, Player FM, Anchor, Red Circle. We're on everything. So we'll be able to check it out. But this match was going there. And I'm going, man, if they go another five minutes and they have some other crazy spots, this this is going to be one of the best hardcore matches I've ever seen. And this mm-hmm. is going to be on par where now i got to start comparing this. How good really is this? And she put her on the table and, put, and she pilmanized her head. 
I went, oh, my Lord, what is going to happen? And then here comes what I thought was Sonya Deville for a second. What? It looked just no. like, well, go back and look at it and tell me. Because of Sonya the hair? Deville. And the face? And if the you tan, merge the Tamina Snuka's hair with Sonya Deville, possibly. Like, I, I remember when, when we were watching it, Demetrius goes, is that Sonya Deville? And I was like, no, that's Raquel Gonzalez. He's like, who's that? I was like, Raina Gonzalez. And he's like, who's that? Nobody knew who it was And Damn it I know this is NXT but why does WWE always have to do this They had this happen twice In the same show Thank god It's so frustrating And then yeah. the table bump was one of the most Unsafe things I've ever seen I mean Oh for sure God I mean, she jumped straight up, and Gonzalez was just kind of like, eh. And Dakota Co- or Tegan Knox went as far as she could on her own. And she caught the edge of the table. The thing tipped. I mean, it looked brutal. Don't get me wrong. It looked like a new jack bumping somebody. But I just, the thing about this match, why it was so good to me, is was the same reason with, with Shirai and Candice and Gargano and Almas. They worked so hard. Mm-hmm. And every, they made sure everything sunk in for a second. They sold everything. I mean, this this was like the match where they're like, all right, well, we got one opportunity to, to make a statement, and they did it. Now, if they get some kind of a gimmick match again, which, God forbid, it's probably going to be because there's so many gimmick matches, but I'm okay with it after seeing the first version. I'm excited to see how this wraps up. With that being said, um, <laughs> what I, I one more thing on that match. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. I just read this in my notes here. Um, the fluid, the fluidity of their moves, especially while using weapons, seemed believable and not set up for a spot, which helped God, us from. Yeah. So true. It's it's like, you know, I talked to Doof and he's like, the only thing I really enjoyed, other than Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black when I went to TLC, was the revival New Day was all right. And he goes, it just felt like there was something off, though, that didn't make it great. And I said, it's because Big E Langston just walked around and just set up ladders for people to jump off of. And he goes, yep, <laughs> that's it. Big E just walked around as a furniture man and did nothing but just set things up for the other three. So exactly, that's what these WWE matches are. There's no substance. They just, all right, I'm just going to put this weapon up and do something here. You know, they tease the, the table like three or four different mm-hmm. times. And it's just, you know, the... When, when she cuts off Dakota Kai on the rope and then hits her with, like, three straight super kicks, I mean, and, yeah. and then she just eats it after getting back in the ring. It's just so good, man. It was They did so many good things, and then they, like, I, I would have punished this match way more for having that, that run-in finish had I not liked the match so much. I mean, up until then, it was it was just tremendous. It's, Kudos to both of them for doing Do we know if they legit changed her name, or do is it really because Beth? I mean, I remember you texted me. I didn't see it till the following day, but you were like, "Did they just go with Raquel Gonzalez because Beth Phoenix <laughs> botched her name?" That's what I wanted. Like, did they not remember what her name was? So it's like a whole they, gimmick overhaul of of Reyna. They're like, ah, and that's that, not, you know, it's not that common. I mean, it's my cousin's name, but. Um, well, that was the thing that was hurt even worse for me is when when she calls her the wrong name, I start Rick laughing. Gonzalez. 
I'm like, oh god, they don't even know who the hell the girl is running in. I was like, this is the like when Excalibur's like, it's the butcher and the blade. It's like I don't know who the hell that is. Like <laughs> you know, I knew yeah. Raina Gonzalez because I saw it in an NXT show an hour and a half from Orlando one time, and I was like, oh yeah, her from the May Young Classic, <laughs> butcher and the blade. No idea, you know. So I was yeah, just like, what? Huh? But the thing, the thing that you said to start your point. It's something that I 100% want to touch on because I started kind of, I kind of said this the last takeover to you, not as in depth, but I kind of just hinted towards it. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I'm not going to really dive into it because I might just be overthinking it. But the fact that you brought it up makes me think that I wasn't overdoing it. These, these takeovers when they were four or five matches were a breeze to watch. And now it's like, it's not that it was it's long just- we can yeah. we watch you know we watch a six hour DDT show and we're standing ovation. We're watching mm-hmm. a five hour Wrestle Kingdom and it's a standing ovation. But every match, it feels like whether you're in match one or match six on this last show, every match is trying to be the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. and it just tears you out. It's just draining. Like like by the third time you see it, you're like, oh my god, this is just a little too much, mm-hmm. and. It's it's great wrestling, like you said. The lowest thing I had rated Ripley and Bianca Belair, I went three and a half. That was my lowest rated match. So obviously I rated everything high. This will sit there. This rating wise, at the end of the year, will be one of my highest rated shows, but I probably won't put it on on show of the year. Oh, I take that back. Ripley <laughs> Ripley Belair was my second highest. I had one match lower than that. Oh, um, but like it was, it just. It's just like, like after I went four and a quarter on Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak, and, I, and I'm like, man, that was tremendous. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, holy Great crap, that was a lot to take in. It was, <laughs> you know what I mean? it was like watching the Bucks as Generation Me, you know, versus Motor City Machine Gun yeah. in TNA in like 2010. You know, it was like, all righty, it seems choreographed to a level where it's like, we've seen this. Time and time again, and I know this is me as a wrestling fan complaining or whatnot, but it's just like that's why I appreciated Balor and Gargano a little more. And I loved how it set up the turn at the end. You know, he lost, you know, Gargano loses again. Uh, you know, Balor gets the best of him there, but you know, again, they just toned it down. It was just straight mat wrestling for like the first 10 minutes, and I was just like, okay, I get it. I, I appreciate the shit out of this. Until, of course, Balor, you know, kicks in the, in the full gear there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know when we got to rethink, you know, wrestling. Like, what I appreciate, appreciate about All Elite now, you know, they've had, you know, two, three shows that have been tremendous. I, I'll even oh, go to Jericho Cruz and the uh, AEW Dark. But, I mean, oh. what, what Cody and Wardlow got right, you know, last week, you know, in, the, in that tremendous cage match was not only Cody getting the crazy pop next to Darby Allen, of course, which was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But he hits the moonsault off the top of the cage, and he gets the win. I remember in my notes I wrote, that's, I think, the first time there was, like, a top-of-the-cage spot, and no one kicked out. Yeah. I appreciated the shit out of that. He didn't, you know, have to hit nine crossroads. He didn't have to do another random, crazy big bump. He hits the moonsault. Thank God Wardlow caught him because I thought it was amazing that he did, especially, you know, kind of being, you know, newer to the, to the business, <laughs> he got mainstream main event. <laughs> and, and 
He gets to win like that, and Cody's busted open like crazy, not like Tetsuya Naito, but like, good God, have you seen those staples, by the way? Ouch. Yeah. But that's what I appreciated about that was it was the one, two, and three. It was just something simple. I don't know if it was an answer to all these kickouts or whatnot. Yeah. It was like seven, eight minutes. It was exactly and, – and I love that you mentioned that because Cody doesn't beat people really with the crossroads that much. He finds other ways to get the victories. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, oh, once the finisher happens, it's over type thing. Like, it's, you're so right about it. It's such a good point. Like, it's, it's – this AEW the last couple weeks, two, three weeks has been incredible. Like, I feel like it's the 90s where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tune in next week. Oh, my yeah. God, what's going to happen next week? They have that nitro feeling where, yeah, like you said, it was a 7-8 main event. That's just how they were back in the day, you know, as well. And it's just something they're progressing each storyline now. I think they definitely have their groove. It's like Parks and Recreation where first season you're like, I I don't know how this is going to last. And then, you know, the middle of the second season it just picks up. The chemistry's there. Everything's on all cylinders. And and I think that's what All Elite is uh, uh, doing at the moment. I'm excited for event. I'm excited for Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. That's like yeah. on my like, oh my God, Judge match, death match, sure. Why not? Chicago wire there. Whatever. But you know what? We're gonna watch I it. It's gonna be amazing. Now. And it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> let's roll. No, so you know it's 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 something where you know I, I appreciate what well, we should talk about double or nothing. <laughs> um but <laughs> I yeah I I yeah, they're, they're hitting on all cylinders. You know, again, this takeover was, was great, but when are we going to stop? And and I don't know if they're, it's a counter to Japanese wrestling. I mean, that was one of my big things in 2019 where, you know, where I was like, oh, is New Japan becoming the WWE of Japanese wrestling? Because it just seems like the same shit where it's just like, falsy, falsy, counter, headbutt, German, clothesline, German, kick out. Where it got annoying, you know, after a while where I was just like, oh, it's a chore to watch this, you know, at times, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't, you know, because, you know, do you puro? But now, you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate the art in different, you know, areas in New Japan. I get the story that they're telling. And I don't know if NXT, you know, of course, a lot of the wrestlers wrestled there, you know, so I, I, I just got to get over it. Um, I, I think we just have to go back to the basics in, in wrestling as well, and we just got to stop kicking out, <laughs> you know, at every little freaking move. And not everything has to be spot after spot after spot, where, again, that's really appreciated Gargano and, and Balor, uh, third match into the card. Yeah, I, and, and I liked it. I went three and three quarters. It was it was good. And it was and it, it is one of those things where I'm not mad that I didn't. Go! Oh my God! This was you know blah blah. It was it was a nice break. It was it was yeah. Mm-hmm. This was cool. I enjoyed it. And that's one of those things too. Like that's why I think Dragon Gate came out. Got my got my company of the year last year. Is you know they know when to put on these epic things and they know when to go. All right, here's an eight minute sprint. Let's keep you entertained and we're gonna go home. Mm-hmm. And there's and it, it always progresses stories. Um. You know, obviously you mentioned Bianca Belair put on a great performance. I went three and a half on that with Ripley. I went four and a quarter on the tag title match. Not a lot to talk about. It was exactly oh, what was you awesome. expected to be. It was a great fun match, and that's what you want. But Cole and Ciampa, I was about 18, 19 minutes into the match. I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm at four and a half right now. This is tremendous. And then the match went 37 minutes. <laughs> uh, I, went, I went two and a half stars. 
It was my worst match of the night. I'm, I, I don't care at all of, about Tommaso Ciampa anymore. I don't care. Yeah. I just, I don't care anymore. I'm just over him. And somebody pointed out something very, very good is Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are like the guys who keep going back to the college parties or the high school parties, but they're in college. Like they graduated oh. and they keep going back. And it's like, I kind of agree. Move them up. There's nothing left for them to do. You remember they were moved up. You remember they came up, Mm -hmm. him, Gargano, Black, uh, Alistair Black, Ricochet, and someone else. Um, And, yeah, then they were brought back down. And it's just like, well, what the hell are you doing? And, you know, I I think those are the guys that ship them out. I know Gargano's like, I'm going to be NXT forever. Well, I think after a while, you just got to kind of move up and just kind of see where it goes. You know, like, like, I think Finn Balor had, like, eight takeovers or seven takeovers as, like, the most takeovers, like, ever. But then there's mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano, who's been on, like, 15. Like, the whole point of these takeovers were to, you know, you, you showcase these guys, you move them through, and then you move them out. It's a revolving door. Mm-hmm. They just don't, they just continue to stay, like, at least Undisputed Era as a unit, and they, they stay fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just Chop and Gargano just don't, you know. And, and it's like, you know, you pointed out, I mentioned it, the second they reunited DIY for the third time or whatever, I'm like, well, they're just going to turn on each other and feud because this company doesn't know what the hell they're doing half the time. And it, it just, it the logic just pisses me off that, Mm-hmm. If Johnny Gargano was going to cost Chopper the title, why the hell did he wait 40 minutes to do it? And, <laughs> and then and not that, even hit him with the belt. <laughs> and then, and then not only, not only that, but he loses earlier in the day too. So he comes yeah. off like a complete geek and I don't want to see him turn. I don't care. He was a great heel in Dragon Gate and uh, Dragon Gate USA because of his persona. They will never, replicate that persona in NXT. I know they won't. Like it won't be the same. It will not be that heel. He's so what if cement- he starts wearing a heel outfit to the or heel gimmicks to the ring? What if he comes out as Mr. Sinister at Takeover Mania weekend? Well I mean he used to wear like his carnage stuff and like crazy things like that. But like if you're gonna turn somebody like like Gargano in NXT I don't know if Ciampa's the guy that can get him over. Like, I know Ciampa's over right now because people, they're like sheep, so they're just booing Cole to cheer Ciampa, which is fine. You want that. It's just like, they're like, it's like the AEW crowd. You want them to to boo the bad guy and cheer the good guy. So I'm not Mm -hmm. mad about that. But I just, why are we doing this again? Yeah. And why did he... Like if Alex, if I'm if if you had if you wanted to take me out and not allow me to win a, win the, the the championship, are you going to give me seventy four pinning opportunities and false finishes to do it? Then go well. Now's probably the time I should go out there. No, the first time I got a chance to win it, I'm going out there and I'm punching you. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, for sure. So if your whole goal was to take out Chop and stop him from winning the title. Why the hell did you give him so many opportunities to win and just go, hmm, Adam Cole's not going to get pinned yet. Now, though, he's, this is the time he's going to get pinned. Like, it's just, there's no logic behind it. It's the same logic as, oh, my God, Ali's going to win money in the bank. And then, and he stops climbing. 
Okay, if you just take a step and reach, you're going to pull the thing down before he even gets to the ring and you can run out. <laughs> I still <laughs> you know, think about like, that. I'm like, yeah, he's right. Like, like, oh my God, somebody's music is being played. I have to stop what I'm doing, turn and look at the screen. No, I'm going to keep holding the guy and I'm going to look and go, okay, is he coming out? I better fit. I got to try to finish this out quick. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so like, why do you, ah, it's just, and then, and then Alex, Canadian destroyers on the floor and I mean, all sorts of wacky shit. And then the, the awful looking belt shot is what pins them. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you guys did all you have to like stuff. go into it and it's still missed and I'm like, oh no. Oh no, like, no. Why? I'm just I'm just sitting there going, Oh man. Oh God. You guys you guys did all of that for that to be your finish. I it just it just sucked. I was just pissed. I went two and a half for the fact that I feel bad because that they busted their ass for 38 minutes or 37 minutes to have that as the finish. That's like a that's like a pity two and a half star. What a shit show way to end your show. And, yeah, and like it's... I said, it's just you're so drained from every every match is like an epic WrestleMania main event feel with how mm-hmm. like with what they're doing. And then you get then you got to watch it for another 37 minutes to have that as as the way your show ends. Like that's just. That's just like and really? really no response from the crowd. It was just no, it nobody like radio show. Everyone was pissed. Everyone's like, I sat through all that for that. Yeah. Make that I mean, no one, or that. No one expected Ciampa to, to win there, but I mean, who challenges Cole next? I mean, Balor defeats Gargano. Obviously, Gargano and Ciampa 24 is going to happen, at, you know, in, in April. To I mean, Balor's fair. getting the win. I mean, you I, got thought Chompa, I thought Chompa might win and then face Balor at Mania's takeover. Oh, that would have been dope. Because it's face Chompa with Finn Balor who beats Gargano. He beats his buddy who's now their friends again for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's the heel. Like, so it made sense. So that's why I was like, mm, Cole might lose. Nope. I, don't I wonder know. how, Balor, I wonder if Cole's wrestled the most Time-wise, since 2019. Oh my so like God. I said, the match was over 30-something minutes, and it seemed like every takeover match averaged about 30 minutes that he was. <laughs> well, then, and then um, on Sunday, the 10th anniversary of NXT was, it was ironic, it was at Roy Wilkins, and they had Finn Balor oh. beat Lee in a North American title match. It was by DQ, because Dijak oh. ran in. But, like, so I don't know if that's an inkling to anything, but it's just. Damn, man. I didn't know they were at, in Minnesota. Yeah, they were at Roy <laughs> Wilkins. It was uh, Kushida wrestled um, Trevor Lee, um, Keith Lee and Balor. I think it was Dexter Loomis and Rick Bugues. Or something. The hell's Dexter Loomis? I'm pretty sure that's a character from Silence of the Lambs. That's uh, Sam Shaw, the guy they got from TNA. No idea. Um, And then it was Undisputed Era wrestled Ciampa, Velveteen Dream, and the Broserweights, I think, in an eight-man. And then Ripley wrestled somebody. I can't remember all the matches, but I mean, it seemed like an okay card, I guess, but 
It's just like, why do you, why on earth are you doing this? So I don't know. It's just this this takeover was was a real eye opener, and I I am always so excited to watch takeovers. But the last, you know, the two the two shows ago, I was kind of like mm, maybe, and now I'm kind of like, okay. Alex had. Did, did it hurt that we had worlds collide like three weeks before? If that, um, no, I don't think so because, like, see, the, I think the difference between that was the main event was was awesome. Okay, yeah, like, think yeah. about that. And in having Alexander Wolf you know, so now it was a three on four. Fabian mm-hmm. Eichner and Marcel Bartel worked their ass off in that match, and they made Walter look like a beast. Like Walter looked like a real. They should have did that in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they owed him after Survivor Series. You think Trips like patted him on the back and then said, "Here's a briefcase of money, and we'll make you look stronger from now on." <laughs> I don't know. It's but you know it's one of those things again where where now you just like like Walter just. I don't know. I don't understand. Like he doesn't work anything anymore. So you had when worlds collide. Well, mm-hmm. that was January 25th. He didn't have another match until two days ago. So he's going like a month without wrestling at times. And the show, and I guarantee you the match he had wasn't anything like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it was, um, it was the anti-fun police and Walter wrestled uh, more than hype in, at Progress 103. So I'm sure he didn't do much. Wait, wait, really? Walter teamed up with the No Fun Police? That's awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. Los Federales and Chief Deputy Dunn. Yep. Oh, oh my God. Did they have a standoff? I, oh, my gosh. I, gotta I don't know. Watch I haven't watched it yet. I was tempted to check it out. but that, that, would I mean, be, that would be a lot of fun. Like I just I look at some of these things and, and I don't know. There's just not wait. That was a thing. I guess. <laughs> okay, so it was oh, it was it was uh, whoa, that's pretty tight. Uh, September um, 14th, 2019, WXW, Volter um, and Ilya Dragunov defended the tag titles against Aussie Open. When was that? 2018? 2019. It was in September. Ooh. I didn't know Dragunov and Volta were the WXW tag champs. Russia and Austria kicking ass, taking names. That's tight. Yeah, and then there was, I mean, obviously, Eddie Dennis defeated Volta and David Starr at Progress 95. I'm like, oh. he I just randomly was like, you know what match I want to see if it ever happened? Uh, apparently did happen. Big Van Walter, uh, apparently nine years ago, took on Go Shiyazaki. And um, I need to see that match. That's tight. <laughs> Big so, Van and Walter. That's so cool. Yeah, 2011 WXW. And then he was, and then he was Big Daddy Walter, too. <laughs> Big Van Walter. <laughs> so I don't know. I just these these takeovers are just getting a little, they're getting long. It's crazy. You said it's one of the highest rated cards, and it's you'll you'll probably forget about it come you know August 
when they have their yeah, other, I mean, you know, big show. I had a four and a quarter, a two four and a quarters, a four and a half, a three and a half, and three and three quarters. And then I had the, the, the two and a half. That would have been a four and a half. Sh- shout out to your, uh, can you name me one of Walter's three trainers? One of what? One of the three people that trained Walter. I'm looking at cagematch.com and it says trainers. Let me, let me, let me, let me, just to let you know, I did X out of cage match. Um, I, is it the newest sign? Hopefully the newest member of ring. I mean, Emporium, Imperium, whatever the hell they're calling them. Uh, (laughs) The the OG member of Imperium, which no, shut up. Uh, Was it Timothy Thatcher? That'd be tight. No, so I know the main not. trainer was Michael Kovac, but I don't know who that is. He's from uh, from Germany, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And then it says Tatsuhito Takawa from uh, Takawa from Zero One, and Tobohiro Ishii. What? <laughs> You're kidding, right? He also wrestled as Man Mo- Man Mountain Walter. God, that makes me love him even more. And it makes sense you, with all the stiffness and the chops. And it's everything. crazy he's only 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he, he looks like he should be a lot older. Wow. Okay, so um, August 17th, 2018, Rev Pro, uh, undisputed British heavyweight title number one contendership, Tobohiro Ishii versus Walter. What? They wrestled once. <laughs> what? We gotta, we gotta Sign me up. I was about to say, yeah. O'Connor Walter, make that happen. No, and, I'm happy I can somehow find uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Big Tom, if you will, taking on Big Van Walter. Uh, here's the thing with that, too. Is, you remember remember how, like, our consensus one and two for match of the year was was uh, Osprey Walter and Walter Tyler Bate from, from Hello Wembley? Yep. This is the same year. This this took place one month and two months before those matches. Because those were September and October. This was in August. So this is that time period, Walter, where he was a wrestler of the year. I so want to you know say, how- I want to say, I do remember uh, now that I did find that because I remember randomly typing in Ishii and Walter, and then uh, not being in the right mindset for it. So I was like, hey, I'm gonna watch it, and then totally spaced obviously and forgot about it and uh i don't i close tomorrow so after ddt if i finish that that will be my treat to myself yeah yeah ddt i got uh two main matches left and i'm done with that so we're gonna come back we're gonna try to give you another show friday afternoon um talking ddt well we'll talk new japan uh, the three corkin or the four corkin shows we'll talk uh new japan cup whole slew of New Japan stuff, and then we'll also preview AEW Revolution yes. uh, for you on Friday. I do... I, I want to get this set up here, too. I want to get this draft set up one of these days coming up here, so I'll be in touch with you about trying to get that set up with them, with some other people here, so um, be on the lookout for that. That being said, it's 12.30. Hey, don't forget, WWE's got a show. Does Goldberg beat the Fiend? Do they shake WrestleMania up? Apparently, uh, uh, Roman Reigns and the Fiend is off the WrestleMania card, as is uh, the horrible match that was announced. Um, the, the returning John Cena and Elias. 
Thankfully, that's off the alleged uh, off the card there. But Super Showdown, uh, I would say honestly, not a bad card on paper. Minus the cage match, the last match for you know Roman Reigns and and the other guy, I forgot King Corbin or whatever. Um, again, looks better with no hair. But uh, they they always say that shit, and and I I do not look forward to that. But every other match, not gonna lie, it should be interesting. The Taker and Styles will uh, start there as well, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, will I watch it? Probably not. I mean, I'll be working, but if oh, I hear some interesting shit happen. Ray Wyatt um, versus Goldberg, because that's going to be hilarious. That'd be better than him and Taker, right? Meaning <laughs> Goldberg and Taker. So I found uh, the Ishii Walter match, and the lead up to it is tremendous because it's the strong style evolved show that they ran in the UK. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just faults of beating the shit out of Yujiro Takahashi in a match. <laughs> and then, and then they're showing highlights from Rev pro of Ishii versus Matt Riddle and another match versus Keith Lee. I didn't know those matches happened. And then on the same page, there's a link to an OTT show um, last year of Walter versus Pac. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I'm going to send you um, this link right now. <laughs> nice. Congrats uh, to the Broserweights as well, Matt Riddle, Pete Dunn. Uh, that was a good match on TakeOver, I'm not going to lie. Undisputed uh, Era's reign is over. Uh, and yes, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> we will talk to y'all Wednesday. It's 7 in the afternoon. I got to go get my money for my car because they owe me money. Then I'll be on radio. I need a pay, baby. Wrestlecast, we're out.